0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Opening. The Oscars just don't make any sense. It seems like they're making changes just to, like, boost viewership. But it seems to me like they're just leaving a lot of real artists in the shadows. I'm you know, thinking you've of got, starting things. What's that? What? I, I, th- I thought you said something. Oh, no. I mean, you want to bring in, like, fresh new hosts, but is Amy Schumer really the answer? You got, like, a, you know three-headed host spear that just doesn't really seem to make any sense but pre-recording all these just under underserved and understated artists that make cinema happen with the cinematographers i'm thinking of starting things all right i'm reading your thoughts loud and clear here what i did you say you wanted to Never mind, I thought you said something.
0: No. I'm thinking of starting things.
1: Me too. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, baby. Woo! Hey, hey. Woo!
0: Yeah, we are. Boy, are we. Boy, are we. (sighs) Boy, are we. We never went no mare, but they're saying we are back. Bring it on that contour. Who call it ludiak I'm on this foolish track, 'cause I bust a foolish flow. My hands go up and down like strippers audio. <laughs> <laughs> <Tricky>. <laughs> Pop that almost, mic Pop that mic, ma'am.
1: Pop that mic like Alright, never mind. Alright, uh yeah, dude, it's uh movies for win, guys. Episode thirty four, I think. You're man, counting? We,
0: who's counting? But who's counting? It's in
1: it's it's in the title of every episode we post. Never mind. I don't All read right. that part.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't read the title of the episode. I'm already familiar with the content.
1: I already told you, I don't know how to read. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, man, we're here, we're back. It's more movies for when. Uh, for when what exactly? Movies for when you need to clear out your Netflix watch list. Uh, we've realized multiple times that the movies we pick for our episodes, usually the only place to watch them is either on a streaming service that nobody really has, or it's just an Amazon paid rental.
0: Well, that's because the number one rule of choosing your movie for your movie night is if you want to watch it, it is not streaming. That's the the number one rule of finding movies on services.
1: You're goddamn right. Like, you know what I'm in the mood for? This movie I haven't seen in a long time. And then you click through... Well is it on HBO? No, Netflix? No, Hulu? No. Paramount Plus? We don't have that. That's right. Um So yeah, we we thought we would um give a little love to um our Netflix subscribers here, which is basically everybody or at least I assume you have somebody's password.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm using my mom's and I only have it on one of my three household Roku's and uh vanessa and i have to constantly move it around depending on what room we wanted to watch netflix content in
1: yeah uh (laughs) there you go (laughs) very nice i've got my own subscription because i'm an adult
0: hey i pay for hulu amazon prime peacock um um, Mm -hmm. um something else uh stars i have stars uh, yeah 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 and i'm i'm sure st-
1: for all the friday the 13th needs we have stars
0: i actually have all those on dvd <laughs> but i i pay for quite a few of my own streaming services and i i think i can i think it's fair oh wait and i get hbo max for free because i'm an H- at&t customer but i also on one of my roku's I'm still using friend of the show's Megan and Steve's accounts because <laughs> I never locked in on it and they let me borrow get em. their account.
1: Get him, cor- corporations. Get his ass. Recorded proof. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I've got Netflix. I've got Hulu. I pay for ESPN Plus so I can watch hockey. Um, but, yeah. Um, I'm not about to pay for Peacock because – only because I don't watch wrestling. That's the only reason Dude, I would ever get it. They
0: Peacock. made me do it. It was – it was cheaper than the WWE network i already paid for and worse and that's what's really important that's what that's what that's 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 what they get out of the deal you get <laughs> what you pay for
1: um all right uh so clearing out our netflix to watch list we did have an audience poll uh but we only pulled from mine and denny's to be watch list on netflix um from my list i selected i'm thinking of ending things uh denny selected the ballad of buster scruggs from his watch list and um we had three a piece and it. then i realized that jujitsu star nicholas cage was actually on netflix so I changed one of my picks to Jiu Jitsu, and it won the audience poll.
0: You know, they they and- <laughs> didn't get to pick the poll options this week because they were they were on notice for voting for Waterworld, and I think that's right. I think they've officially redeemed themselves. I cannot, like, I it wasn't on the rise, and when well, I checked who won, I was like. No fucking way, Jujitsu came from behind. Dude, no fucking way.
1: There was a, it was almost a three-way tie with Jujitsu, Okja, and Dolomite is my name. Which Jujitsu I... broke the tie with one more vote, but it was almost a three-way tie. I was. I was dead set on watching Dolomite because I loved that movie and I really wanted to watch it. That was one of your uh, I I haven't
0: seen Dolomite or Oakjaw, and I definitely wanted to see both of those more than Jiu Jitsu. And yet I was just so happy that Jiu won. I couldn't believe it. Because like our, our listeners are 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 typically uh typically well informed, artistically inclined movie appreciators. And so, mm-hmm. like, usually I'll put stupid shit like Earth Girls Are Easy on the poll and they'll be like, sorry, got to go with uh, Casablanca or, you know, like, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't believe they actually came together as a body of Democratic voters and chose the joke option. I'm Finally, I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so over the moon happy.
1: Well, it's one of my favorite things about this podcast is just like when you post the uh the post on social media and just just say the movies that we're watching just like what the fuck is the context for these three movies being a an episode like what is the tying thread what's the phantom thread which is a another movie that lost i'm so glad what is lost, tying by these the
0: way, i was it looked boring as shit to me
1: I'm that'll so... be a just for greg movie uh, <laughs> so i'll watch alone and not talk lost. about it <laughs> i'm
0: so glad it lost
1: That's that's why it's still sitting on my Netflix though, let's be honest. Um yeah, jujitsu one. Thank you guys so much for adding the uh the cheese on top of this art sandwich (laughs) or whatever.
0: I couldn't, but like everyone was like, obviously we're going with Oak John Dolomite, even though I kept pushing for jujitsu. And and I was fine with it. Yeah. 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 Well, someone commented, I think I think friend of the show, Dylan Derryberry commented like Denny you kinda of swayed that vote and I was like, I try to sway every vote. It just never works. <laughs> like, this actually You're, worked.
1: <laughs> every post is like, man, can't can't wait for you guys to vote for Jingle all the way or yeah. some shit. I like,
0: always try to sway the vote. Like you just, always call out one successful. Of them. <laughs> it's never worked at all. It well, luckily works. it did in this case. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Um before we talk about Buster Scruggs, I'm thinking of ending things and Jujitsu. Uh is there anything else that you've been watching this week besides yeah. these
0: three movies? I saw I saw two movies that I really liked. Um I, I really liked um Brigsby Bear as recommended by friend of the show Will Reno. Um We love Will Reno. Dude, guys, let me tell you. It came Will out Will Reno's
1: the be- Oh, the movie, oh, right. Yeah. Sorry.
0: The We love Will Reno. We love him a lot. Friend <laughs> of the show Will Reno. Um I actually have a I'm supposed to call him and tell him what I thought about this movie, so I won't get too into it, but um yeah. I, I would highly recommend No Trailer. Um the it, it's a going blind one. And I'm a I'm a trailer guy, Greg's the no trailer guy. I watched about ten seconds of the trailer and was completely sold and Will was like, Okay, then stop because uh because it's gonna start spoiling things and I think um I've got a pretty clear idea of what it would have spoiled and i'm just so glad that i didn't let it get spoiled um so that was amazing yeah. i went to see um uh but i'm a cheerleader at alamo draft house which um, yeah
1: i was supposed to go with yeah, you. yeah th-
0: that was tentative that was tentative you you had a travel weekend i was like hey this sounds fun but i know it's you know an hour drive both ways the day after you did a lot of driving. So I, I, I never considered it a bail. I considered it a tentative. Um, but yeah, the, the trailer for it makes it look like, um, kind of clueless meets saved. Um, it's a, it's a movie made in 1999 mm. about conversion camps or conversion therapy for members of the LGBT community. Um, and so I thought it was going to be like an LGBT teeny bopper kind of substanceless but like fun comedy. Um, -hmm. it ended up being real fucking good. Like it was, it was a lot more than that. I really enjoyed it. Um, I I just, I I would highly recommend, but I'm a cheerleader. And I also, uh, cause Vanessa loves it so much. I gave, I gave love is blind a shot and I gotta be honest guys. I don't do a lot of reality TV. I, I haven't really had a show since sister wives. I was really into that. Um, and i started watching it with vanessa and i was kind of making fun of it a little bit and uh i was like oh my god i see the appeal of this now and she was like yeah that's how you're supposed to watch it and i was like i'm being i'm being a bitchy mean girl i'm i'm regina george and i'm making fun of people on the tv so it doesn't harm anyone and vanessa was like i know it rules and i (laughs) I, i see the appeal of love is blind i had a good time and we have plans to watch uh watch the big finale tomorrow night. Well, tonight if you're listening to this the day the show releases.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big sucker for some reality shows. Um more so the cooking ones. Uh, not my thing. But we 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 were before recording, we were watching um oh shoot, what's it called? Are You The One? I think it's like an MTV reality show that's completely fucking unhinged. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um yeah, it's just dumb shit to turn your brain off to and I love it. Good. Um
0: What have you been watching, my guy?
1: I did finally watch Nightmare Alley. Ooh, I don't know if you know that. what'd you think? More like Nightmare Dilly Dally. Get to the point.
0: Oh, come on.
1: It didn't need to be two and a half hours long, but oh, I I, but I it thought was it was nice. I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good. The final scene was incredible. Vanessa hasn't and, seen uh,
0: it and I i know she listens so be careful yeah, yeah. The, the, fi- the
1: final scene is incredible uh and it has the final scene with buster scruggs in it it's the same actor um and yeah richard jenkins delivering yet another all-time performance mm. um i i think guillermo guillermo del toro like i love the man himself but his movies lately just will not aren't always clicking with me exactly but
0: are are you counting antlers in that because that's not really his movie i
1: I didn't i didn't watch that one i like it's been showing up like on my amazon fire sticks it's it's like you should watch antlers and i'm
0: it's a perfectly fine and dandy mediocre forgettable horror um they put guillermo's name all over it and uh he was either like producer or ep so i think people (laughs) were like expecting a movie of like the tier of Guillermo del Toro and
1: you're expecting like pans. Yeah. Labyrinth yeah. And and, and
0: it is not, but it's also not okay. like horrible, you know, like it's, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, fun.
1: I also finally watched the tragedy of Macbeth, which, uh, if you're going to make a movie that uses the exact Shakespeare, Play, like just use all of the same dialogue then, from Shakespeare, then maybe don't this is, that is what you to say? no, well, this <laughs> is the perfect this is the absolute best movie i 've ever seen that 's used that's used shakespeare's shakespeare's original text, and I was still like the absolute best you could do with that is an eight out of ten movie it is inc- it is visually striking it's incredibly well shot it's perfectly acted. And I'm still not having too great of a time because I cannot stand Shakespeare. Yeah. And <laughs> but <laughs> how,
0: how did how did Leah do with that as a non native speaker?
1: I was watching
0: it by myself. That was probably a good call because as native speakers, I don't think you or I claim to understand like ninety five percent of what gets said in Shakespeare.
1: She would have had a miserable fucking yeah. time watching
0: it. <laughs> I was I was in a Shakespeare production one time in high school of Twelfth Night, and by the time I had like rehearsed it and worked through it enough. To, like, really understand the words I was saying and that other people were saying. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is pretty good. All you have to do is study it and memorize it for three months and you'll understand it. But I don't think the audience is going to have such a great time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's, that's how I felt about it.
1: It's like somebody tells a joke and all the characters are laughing. You're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> what's, what's the joke? Anyways, I'm too dumb for Shakespeare. Or it's just, you know. We've we've progressed. Anyone who Anyways, says they're not um, is lying.
0: Sorry. I also,
1: we've spent too much time on this already. I also watched the guilty uh, Netflix movie where Jake Gyllenhaal answers the phone. The Jilty. wasn't so. The guilt. Mm, the guilty wasn't so bad. And uh, our new comedy show, our favorite, is uh, Abbott Elementary. Mm. Fucking hilarious. Never heard of Loving it. Loving that show. Never heard of it. It's a uh, mockumentary style sitcom, which you know, roll your eyes all you want to. It's it's where tv sitcoms are now but it is about like elementary school teachers in like inner city philadelphia oh i'd it's watch really that good. i'd watch that it's it's really good really funny
0: i've got enough teacher friends to appreciate that i think
1: yeah oh yeah uh i think colby would get a kick out of it but yeah that's it um shall we get on to the movies then
0: let's do it brother let's start the show
1: a Muppets thing? Uh, All right. uh,
0: Unintentionally, but yes. Hell yeah. All right. uh, Our first movie up
1: is going to be The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, If you're wondering where you can watch this movie...
0: Netflix!
1: It's on Netflix! We did it. That's kind of the point here. (laughs) It's a 2018 um, Netflix movie released by the... Written and directed by the Coen brothers. It is a... uh, well, Danny, why don't you summarize the plot a little bit of Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Um, Just kind of a general, what are What are people getting?
0: The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a six-part Western anthology. Um, the first one follows our hero Buster Scruggs, uh, as he does a bunch of cool shit, then dies. Um, the second one... Spoilers. Well, it, fucking don't listen to this part. Well, why would you be this far if you don't want spoilers? Um... <laughs> um the second one is uh james franco am i doing this right yes, yes james yep. franco uh is a little bank robby boy um and he almost gets hung but then he gets framed for stealing cattle and then he does get hung uh easy come easy go james um enjoy infamy <laughs> <laughs> and then uh our next one is Liam Neeson and uh, the actor whose government name is Dudley from Harry Potter. Um, he is a Shakespearean style... He was
1: also good in Tragedy of Macbeth. That same actor was in that
0: well he certainly is making a shakespearean career for himself after harry potter uh because Mm -hmm. he he, and
1: the queen's gambit
0: oh he's in that too motherfucker this guy does like just fucking loves old english uh, because that's all he said in Mm -hmm. this um he is presumably an amputee um who uh does not have his uh limbs anymore he's a performer Um, He watches Liam Neeson uh, fuck a sex worker and then gets thrown in a river. What a short. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's all so cold. Um, Then we move on to Tom Waits being a really awesome old prospector who's looking for a pocket of gold. The part of Mr. Pocket will be played by Dirt. Um, And (laughs) someone sneaks up on him, shoots him, but he didn't hit anything important. And then Tom Waits kills the motherfucker um gets his gold gets out of there and peace is restored to the area after he disturbed it um the third one is the only one with a woman and i was really losing my ability to pay attention fourth 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 fifth fifth fifth, fifth, you've said third like three times in a row (laughs) i was really losing my ability to pay attention at this point and i was like oh good i was wondering if there would be any female characters in this or if it was a reservoir dog situation um and then they decided to tonally depart from everything they did and essentially do like 45 minutes of fucking little house on the prairie um i could not pay attention to any of it for the life of me um and uh then she kills herself (laughs) and uh and then the last one was spooky uh but i was pretty much done with the movie and uh, if you want to take it from here on the last short greg i just remember uh it was i was like ah this really seems like my type of thing, but I've been doing this for about two hours, and I'm pretty much over it. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember much of it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think we're in in the same exact boat here. We're in the same wagon. This is, you know, probably the second best western we've done on this show. Uh, Out of two, um, you know, <laughs> well, three. No, three, three, three. Wild oh. Wild West. It is better than Wild Wild West. I was West, about
0: folks. to say. You think um, this was better than the Hateful Eight? <laughs> implying that wild wild west is the best western we've done <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah okay uh
1: i i realized so my relationship with this movie is um that i have only seen the
0: first half
1: and i thought i had little watched did all you
0: know <laughs> you did it I'd right i seen
1: i had seen the first three I, I had watched through the liam neeson one and i, I watched through the tom waits one as well and I think I was missing the last two. Uh, the The fourth one is the longest one, and then the sixth one just feels like an added extra bonus scene. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I had I had seen it when it came out because I love the Coen Brothers, and then I just didn't get around to finishing it, and I forgot that I didn't get around to finishing it until now. Uh, good, good stuff, but. Definitely loses steam. Yeah. Uh, I guess your history with this is just it's been sitting on your list for a while.
0: Yeah, well, I, I always said I hated Westerns as a genre um, that was tied to a personal resentment for Southern culture and Boomer culture. And I thought Westerns were the uh, epitome of both of those things. And um, as Not far off, as a result of my personal journey of healing and Hangman Adam Page's three-year-long story arc on all elite wrestling (laughs) um i've become i've become in general right now more open to a lot of things that i'd closed myself off to and so i'm kind of trying some things again um and i don't know you think of cowboys and you might think of john wayne or you might think of hangman adam page who will tell you he's an anxious millennial cowboy and you don't need a hat to be a cowboy and taking paternity leave in the hottest run of your career is cowboy shit um so he grew up on a farm john wayne did you tell me who's a real cowboy um anyway uh i i always uh, my friend michael lawson had always been uh being like dude you need to watch this and i'm like i hate westerns and so i was, I was like all right I'll, I'll watch it one day just to talk to you about it and uh that's why it was like the first thing on my on my watch list what i chose because i thought that maybe mm-hmm. because i'm opening myself up to new things and the coen brothers made this maybe i've been missing out on something fantastic that i'd love and i was half right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's i think that's totally fair man uh i i i don't have too much to say about like the individual ones just kind of like a, the thing as a whole that's what we need I l- to talk about I I love how it's presented. As you know, we we start out with a book being open. We're just we're told like there's six chapters to this book. Uh, chapter one, we're going to get into the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is our you know the titular skit yeah. or segment uh, of of this feature. And that's a good one. It starts off really strong, but I just think this thing kind of loses steam for me exactly where i exactly where i said yeah. uh where, where i had stopped watching it uh in the first place yeah,
0: yeah. are uh, are you into anthologies is that is it your type of thing
1: not really um i think we talked about a lot of this before with like trick-or-treat and we we discussed anthologies a little bit during that episode yeah. like the love death robots thing on netflix this this is a, a very unique example, yeah. I think, of just, like, a six unique, completely unique Western tales all written and directed by the same people, which I think is kind of interesting. And yeah. it, with anthologies, usually you get, uh, like, with the Animatrix, like, you just get different creators, and they're just, all their work is put into the same kind of semi-cohesive piece. But this one has a... Kind of unifying personality with the Cone Brothers in the way they they create film and write their stories. Even then, they're they are different enough yeah. to be viewed separately and sure. you know elicit different feelings. But just
0: yeah, man, the,
1: four four out of six are
0: good. I'll say, which isn't a bad batting average inherently. Um, but, no, uh, not but, at all. Vanessa and I, we we really like anthologies. Um, we watch a lot of them, and there's not very many of them. And uh, I'm starting to think maybe we've seen all the good ones. But um, <laughs> um, all that goes to say, I, I had some thoughts, because this, this really fell prey to some some classic anthology blunders. Um, one of those is, is simply this. Um, you are asking the audience to do the full story arc you know like to go through a complete story six times that is going to exhaust your audience um i don't know what the right number of shorts is for an anthology (laughs) but i will say six is too many um not even for this
1: one it was i i would say five for this one
0: (laughs) i'd cut it off at three that's that's how many i'd keep um okay also um they work better with uh, with people tying them together, like a little Crypt Keeper guy. You know, I'm just like, the whole time I was like, hey, Coen Brothers, I know that your whole thing is fucking with narrative expectations. It would have been a better movie if you just had Buster Scruggs be the host. You know, like, just, you just, are, are you yeah. are you happy that you said something about death like you did in every other short you made? Um, okay, cool. It would have been a better movie if you just let us have a little fun. Um, and that's. I also think they fucked up with leading with the most fun thing and then immediately taking it away. That's like, fuck you to the audience, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Giving us something we love, taking it away, and never giving it back. That's it's not how you create a positive viewing experience. Um, another blunder I think they fell prey to is simply that one of the unique strengths of an anthology structure is, first of all, you don't have to fuck around with all this backstory. We don't need to know the characters very well. We don't need to know why they are where they are. We don't need to know how they got there and how they became who they are. We just need to care enough to stick with them for like 20 minutes. So you can you can do some unique things and you can also do stuff like have everyone in it be a terrible person and then kill them all um with mm-hmm. with no good guy you know like with with no hero um because i don't want to watch that for 2 hours but it can be really fucking great for a quick little 15 minute wild ride you know um and i just think they spent so goddamn much time establishing shit um and also when you're going to ask the audience to change gears that much you could at least help them out by having tonal consistency um that wasn't inherently wrong for any of the stories but it was like dude you led with like a fucking meta comedy critiquing mm-hmm. the genre in fantastically entertaining ways like just a real razzle dazzle spectacle
1: with with beautiful music yeah like, truly good yeah. like
0: oscar nominated music yeah. And then an hour later, I'm sitting through this slog of dialogue driven character work. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man. Bring me the Bring me Buster Scruggs back. I want mom from heavyweights. He was fun. This is <laughs> uh, you, you can't snip snap me this fucking much, guys. Um yeah. I, I thought that this movie was uh exhausting. I thought that it was poorly paced, and I thought that uh they made some really really poor choices um and just like how they divvied up their time and the order they put things in and i really really think they should have kept it to a tight 90 minutes and done some addition by subtraction um i would have kept it to just buster scruggs james franco and tom waits i don't think we needed the rest of it they were all fine shorts in and of themselves and all of them were fan Fantastically made. Like, I, I usually mm-hmm. don't have this much of a critique for stuff that is so well done, but you put them all together and the whole is less than the sum of its parts. These 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 anthology chapters did not work together well at all. They worked against each other. Okay.
1: All very fair criticisms. And yeah, I do I do appreciate you giving credit to just how well these are all made individually no critique like, as if, a filmmaker if, right like if, none if this was a mini series like a netflix mini series where like each episode you know we're gonna do a once a week release of these cohen brothers western shorts i think it would have been a little bit more well received from you know people in general and definitely from you and me yeah oh yeah i oh man i i I do like your idea of having uh tim blake nelson i don't want to just say buster scruggs i want to give some credit to the actor i I know him as fantastic oh brother where art thou
0: mom from holes his most his his most famous role that's what i was literally what i was about to say that's what i call Uh, him oh my god he's mom in holes no matter where he is
1: the guy from the very end of nightmare alley (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) schmidt's dad he fucking rocks Tim Blake Nelson is hilarious and he just has this perfect like western charm with just like a little bit of just like just this weird edge to it like the character of Buster Scruggs he's just like this sing songy western dude wearing just comically white sharp clothes just exaggerated good guy kind of shit and then he's just shooting up a bar with like gruesome grisly violence and it's so fucking funny he's just overconfident with his shooting skills and like in this in the uh segment that we're talking about the very first one i assume you guys have all seen at least the first one he does lose in a in a quick draw and then ascends into heaven singing uh cowboys exchanging his spurs for wings and it's just such a beautiful song beautiful moment just like ah that one by itself is so great no i'm like i'm
0: strapped in i'm like i'm about to watch something special
1: you know like if he ascends to heaven and then becomes the narrator for the rest of this i'm a little bit more on board. how
0: fucking hard is it to make him the cryptkeeper people how fucking hard would that have been
1: because he's yeah, he's delivering his entire the entire first segment with him, he's speaking directly to the audience, to the camera. He's already kind of doing that. Like we're already kind of expecting that from him. So if he carries that through through yeah. all the other segments, I'm a little more well uh, yeah. open to it. Well
0: and it can be really fun because like something something enemy of the show, Davis calk or fiance fiance of the enemy of the show morgan watt pointed out to me i can't remember who but we were talking about tales from the crypt and uh and uh uh
1: we'll classify her as an enemy go ahead
0: sorry by, unless she identifies herself as a friend we will we will grant her clemency um <laughs> um but uh uh we were talking about tales from the crypt and one of them was like you know what i love the Crypt Keeper is just living his best life. Like, he is so constantly happy and satisfied and always engaging in creative expression. And he just loves telling us these fucked up stories. Um, mm-hmm. and it adds like a nice central, central motif and kind of cuts all the like darkness of it a little bit, you know? Like, um, Cause you're in you're out next episode no one's gonna be back you know like it it gives like a. Right. and i'm like dude buster scruggs was the perfect character to play that role we can watch some like fucked up shit and then he can be like huh, that sure was a nanny, you know like <laughs> or something you know like all of his dialogue is so extremely well written yeah.
1: and extremely well performed oh my god yeah but yeah, man, like, we we aren't getting into any of the specifics of this at all. I mean,
0: there's two entire shorts that I barely remember because I was bored out of my fucking mind and exhausted. And I was this... not even inebriated in any way. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, end the movie an hour ago. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even really remember them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, no worries, man. Um... We did not get a dog death. I was pretty happy about that. President Pierce lives, even though the Little House on the Prairie girl did kill herself. I did, um, <laughs> I did appreciate having Liam Neeson cast appropriately for his age for once. Yeah.
0: That
1: was nice to see. Uh, this is just like my little tidbits, little notes that I had. Yeah. Um I didn't really take a lot of notes this time. This is probably the least amount of notes I've taken on a movie. But you know, there's there's little bits that I love and then there's very long bits that I'm just completely disengaged with. Again, this is the, addition this is by subtraction. Ex- Absolutely. I think we could have cut the entire last segment entirely I, and I, kept I would, this at five. I wouldn't
0: have missed the second to last either. And I honestly as good as it was, could have done without the Liam Neeson one. I just didn't need it it wasn't bad I didn't it wasn't as boring but I was like eh. I never really figured out what I was supposed to care about and that one it was you know like every, I just wasn't invested in it
1: every anthology has like an artistic piece that's just like we want to express this incredibly unique kind of story that we've yeah. been wanting to tell and I, that that one feels like that but then we had one and a half more of those yeah. kinds of stories with the uh with the last two and i'm so i'm just
0: like the whole time i was like guys creep show is probably the most well-known anthology ever i don't i wouldn't say it's the best one but it's probably the most successful one i think they did five they might have done six Mm -hmm. and even they didn't pull it off all right like i was like yeah we could have dropped two of those, however many there were, you know like yeah. you you had you had three incredibly strong ones, and I think you should have left well enough alone you know like i'm I'm fine
1: with the formula like if if this had cut the final two, I'm fine with the formula yeah. of a strong start, a decent second one, kind of a boring third one, and then just an all timer fourth one, yeah because the For the love the of god waits. end on the
0: best by the way
1: right like the the tom waits one uh valley of gold i can't remember what the, exactly that segment was called but that was my favorite one
0: i think I it was say, called man. uh rocket in my pocket um <laughs> oh, jesus christ yeah that uh, that was that was top three for me I, I liked that one a lot i thought it was good um
1: it was incredible i i I really loved that one
0: well and to me that would have been a really good one to end on because they they always because the coen brothers i I love them to death they they got one they got one thing they always do and it's like we won't give you closure and deaths will happen kind of at random um you know like that's that's kind of how they do stuff and they had this whole theme, like, someone dies and everyone, usually the protagonist, right? Like, the protagonist usually gets killed in all of these anthologies. I guess no one died in the last one that I remember. Um, all that goes to say, it would have been really cool to end on, you know, uh, Tom Waits. You thought he was dead. That's what they've conditioned you to expect. He's right right mm-hmm. close to his goal and gets shot in the back. And uh, the universe is chaotic and random. And then he kicks out and surprises you, you know, like, and mm-hmm. you see that he's shot in the stomach. You infer that there's a really good chance that he's going to die, but hey, he might live. And what's really important about it is not that he got away with his gold. It's that peace was restored to the area where he disturbed peace, right? Like, that's kind of yeah, what it is. Exactly. And that would have been a really good one to end on uh, after after the first two that I would have kept, you know?
1: I I think that's kind of a summation of the whole thing really. Was the last one It's just, you know, it's it is called All Gold Canyon. I did I did look it up. It's All Gold Canyon and we just start with the scenery of just nature existing on its own. And then Tom Waits comes in, he just kind of he sings his way in there. The critters start to run off nature is kind of disrupted and he has his own whole microcosm of just human experience in there with you know tilling nature and camping out finding gold trying to pull from the earth and then also like having violence with another human where he gets shot eventually you know turns around and kills the guy and he finds his gold and he leaves and then nature acts as if nothing happens the deer comes back to drink from the water the fish return in the river everything just kind of fills itself back into the way it was as if humans were never there and i feel like that's a perfect western story for like frontiersmen back then and i feel like that i feel like it's just a perfect story that kind of it could be like a running theme through all of the other stories assuming we cut like the last two mm-hmm. and only have these first four or whatever you know i feel like that's just such a good theme for like a western style story yeah yeah absolutely oh that one's so good Oh, no, i, I love that one. i was a
0: big fan of it man i really was that was again I've i've already repeated the point you know three or four times already but if you just did buster scruggs (laughs) james franco tom waits and we're in we're out we had fun Mm -hmm. fantastic movie uh but they didn't they made another uh mediocre movie and uh taped it on to to those (laughs)
1: that's right um i think we've made our thoughts known here you ready to do some gimmicks here yeah
0: you know i at the end of the day i'm like this is the kind of thing that we could dive into a lot more but I just I don't really feel like I have much more significant to say so let's just do gimmicks
1: yeah instead of breaking down them each individually it's it's about the whole experience for us I think Um, our gimmick of the week this week we have a new gimmick this week it's called the gimmick of the week and this is our favorite and chill moment these are moments these are uh, movies that are clearing out our Netflix watch list so why not have our Netflix and chill moment for these movies denny what is your favorite and chill moment for the battle to buster scruggs
0: um it was when after he just like massacres that first saloon he goes into and there's buster scruggs yeah Buster scruggs um he's he's there's one guy that's not dead and he's crawling out the he's crawling to the door and instead of finishing him off um buster scruggs opens the door for him and helps him crawl out and is like that'll work itself out um (laughs) you know (laughs) like he's, he's he's not gonna live i don't need to shoot him um and um and uh yeah that was my favorite and chill moment based on like hey he just all did this he did all of this really aggressive behavior and he chilled he did something chill right after that he opened the door for a dying man to crawl out of that was my favorite and chill moment from this
1: man um i went for a completely different interpretation of the and chill gimmick here and for all three of these i'm giving my weird or misplaced or weirdly interpreted sexual moment
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's tom waits this is not a favorite line but it is tom waits saying okay mr pocket all right i'm a coming i'm a i'm a coming You just sit there. I'm a-coming.
0: That was so good. I loved that. So endearing. He's going to come in that pocket. Ew. Alright. Ew. (laughs) You sick sick bastard.
1: Speaking of favorite lines, Denny, what's your favorite line from the Battle of Buster Scruggs?
0: (laughs) Something struck me as just so funny about it. Um, I think it was when someone was playing a harmonica and Buster Scruggs goes... You make a sweet noise there, partner. <laughs> I don't know if someone was singing or what, but something about his diction was just so funny to me in that. So I went with, you make a sweet noise instead of, uh, you play good music. <laughs> That's such a great thing to say to someone. That was my favorite line. What about you?
1: I love. I loved how we talked. Me too. It's so good. Uh, my favorite line is from... Our other tragedy of Macbeth actor, Stephen Root, who is Milton in Office Space. Uh, He is the bank teller that James Franco robs. He gets away, he puts on a bunch of armor made of pans, and James Franco tries to shoot him, but he's hitting pans. Stephen Root says, ha! Pan shot! (laughs) And it fucking rules. He says it like two or three times, and it's always hilarious.
0: (sighs) That's great. That's great. What's What's your critical score?
1: Um, listen I do love the Coen Brothers very much This is Very much on the low end of Coen Brothers' work But It is still above a lot of other movies yeah. uh, I'm still giving this one a 31 out of 40
0: Higher than me I, uh Yep. For, you know, with, with similar qualifications and misgivings Um, I gave it a 32 out of 50, um, which is adjusted for scale lower than you, I believe. Yes.
1: Very, yeah, yes, it Um, is. Um,
0: and, uh, it felt weird to give such a well-made movie such a low score. This is probably, like, production-wise and filmmaking-wise the lowest I've rated a movie that is so high quality in terms of its, its technical prowess, um... Jesus fucking Christ! The last hour and fifteen minutes bored me to tears, and boredom is an unforgivable sin in movies. The only Cohen Brothers movie I have rated lower is *The Lady Killers*, so <laughs> Ooh, which boy. is so bad, I like to pretend they didn't make it.
1: Uh, You've made your feelings clear yeah. about that one for damn so, sure. Yeah,
0: that's it, it, as much as it pains me to to kind of to kind of. Uh, almost fail to give a solid c minus to the coen brothers I, I i gotta say i think they earned it sorry boys Ouch. that's rough dude it, any any of these shorts in isolation i probably would have rated very highly but you put them all together and it saves you more at the room store but we're not at the room store yeah we're Damn. unfortunately we're not at the room store we're we're netflix and and it did not save me more. It wasted more of my time and my precious, precious, precious energy. And I don't give it out that easy. So There you have it. I'm thinking of reming things as a good porno parody. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. That's a seamless edit. <laughs> I was going to uh, save that's... it for the bonus content, but that might not ever happen.
1: <laughs> that's right. Um, that's the and Chill moment for this segment. Our next movie is I'm Thinking of Ending Things from Charlie Kaufman, the 2020 film that you can find on, Netflix. guess where? Netflix! You love to see it. You've got somebody's password, maybe your own, but buddy you're seeing it either way (laughs) yeah watch watch i'm thinking of ending things guys it's it's a pretty good one let's like uh you know just make sure all the lights are off and it's nighttime because holy shit this movie is dark from a uh lighting standpoint i I had a hard time seeing shit when i was watching it with too many lights (laughs) the the sun was on
0: i tried to pitch watching it to vanessa last night because i was like hey it's really cold and and icy outside how about some thematic consistency and then we were both like (laughs) i'm not in the mood for this fucking depressing art house shit right before i go to bed and i was like that's fair that's totally fair (laughs) so i watched it today we'd both already seen it too so it's not like like you know like it'd be different if it was brand new stuff but we'd both already seen it talked about it extensively and loved it but Greg, I think you and I both know there is zero chance of me summarizing this in a way that anybody could understand. The real question is, oh, do we wanna do we wanna hit a whiplash warning on this? I don't know if it's that tier, but I don't think you could possibly yeah. understand anything we're talking about if you haven't seen this. It's not the kind of thing you could just pick up on the context. <laughs> like it's,
1: yeah, this one is tricky. Go just. You're the audience, use your best judgment. I, if you want to hear us talk about it and you haven't seen it, go right ahead I, if you want to.
0: I could not yeah. imagine that there is anything for you in this next segment if you have not seen it. I just could not imagine yeah, exactly. that you could understand any of it because it's such a it's such a charlie kaufman ass movie <laughs> it, and if you
1: haven't seen it and the charlie kaufman thing isn't your thing just skip to the jujitsu part uh, we're gonna be a little bit more drunk and way more fun <laughs> so, that's why you wanted to, dis-
0: to do it last good call greg
1: i mean that's how i watched the
0: movie too
1: <laughs> all right um moving on here i'm thinking of anything's plot wait summary, but we're not colon- we,
0: we have two more movies what? We have two more movies. Why do you want to end? I'm thinking. Why do you want to end things? Oh my god! I'm
1: thinking of ending the episode because of Denny's dumb jokes. But
0: that's the joke was that you wanted to end the episode, so you committed to the joke. I know. You I'm said, trying oh, to
1: extinguish your stupidity.
0: It, it's 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 quite the California wildfire, brother. <laughs> I think my stupidity is <laughs> gonna burn bright till it destroys the earth. <laughs> We're going to have unforeseen consequences of my stupidity for generations to come. Summarize the movie.
1: (laughs) Smokey the Bear was like, shut Denny up early. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey
0: Greg, hey, Greg.
1: Yes? Why should you... Why am I allowing you the platform? Why should should
0: you never accept flowers from a monk? Why, Denny? Because only you can prevent florist (laughs) friars.
1: I'm going to tell that to my mom, and she is going to lose her mind. I love that. (laughs) Can we get to this movie, please? If you want. Uh, We have to. There's notes. Um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things is a Charlie Kaufman movie that is very vague, very strange... And if you don't know what's going on, it's not gonna tell you. It's a movie that doesn't hold your hand and tell you what's going on. It is a very well made, well acted movie that doesn't tell you what the fuck's going on. And if it hasn't been made clear, I don't know what's going on in this movie. Oh my
0: god, let me save the summary. I never thought it would come to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what's happening. I, I looked up a little bit of it later, but All right. like a a girl uh is on a trip with her boyfriend to meet his parents for the first time things seem a little bit off she's wanting to break up with him and we have a lot of internal monologues from her just saying like I kind of want this relationship to end it's gonna end eventually why not end it now what's the point of dragging this out she realizes more and more things about their relationship about her boyfriend about herself and we slowly start to realize this is not a normal narrative being told by a woman this is something else entirely denny save me do you have do you have any insight here um i'm gonna do i i I kind of i kind of know what's going on but i kind of want to hear what you have to say.
0: so for as, as greg and i have established um we never think ahead in movies and we never try to figure them out and this is one of the vaguest things ever that i actually did figure out when i was watching it and that's that's one of the many things i love about it i don't nice congrats thank you dude
1: Uh, this is a this is a tough one so (laughs) i'm i'm proud of you Um,
0: so basically we're kind of seeing this what starts off as a normal trip between a woman and a man to go see the man's family jake and a woman named maybe lucy her name changes a lot um Mm -hmm. and uh we just kind of get some early on kind of little hints that something kind of surreal is going on and then those hints get really dialed up and we keep cutting to this uh seemingly non-sequitur sequence of uh, of uh an older man who is just going about his day-to-day routine preparing for work and getting ready and then going to work as a as a high school janitor um and uh you know things just keep getting weirder and weirder And people are behaving really unnaturally, and then time functioning seems to break down. Um, And then, uh, what I realized, uh, not a flex, is that what's really going on here is that our old janitor is the man, Um, is is the man in the story, Jake, and uh, we are seeing him reflect on his life and have a uh, uh, mix it with fantasy a little bit, mix his life with with fantasy. Um, And as his fantasy girlfriend is seemingly becoming self-aware that she's a fantasy, what's happening parallel to that is he's coming to terms with he has never lived the life he he wishes he lived. Um, And none of this is real and none of it will ever happen. um, Through a lot of metaphorical uh, dialogue, imagery, and events um we see him revisit his relationship with his parents and his origins his own history of rejection and isolation um and uh and then his own sense of despair and disappointment that it wasn't all building up to something uh something worthwhile it just it wasn't all really building to anything and he has spent most of his time in his own head imagining things he wished were really happening. Um, and as he sort of lets this dream die um, he is actually this entire movie been deciding if if he should kill himself or not. He's been kind of weighing weighing his decision to end his own life. Um, you're kind of baited into thinking as, uh, as Lucy let's call her Lucy um, is uh, Constantly having this invasive thought, I'm thinking of ending things. Really, that's you're you're baited into thinking she's thinking about breaking up with Jake. Really, it's it's the main character, our our old man custodian Jake, thinking about ending his own life and dealing with that invasive thought. And uh, pun intended, slowly warming up to the idea. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then, as he finally commits to it, it seems that he has had. This existential fantasy in his final moments of consciousness, of semi-lucidity, probably in sort of a transcendent uh, ego death state um, of him getting his flowers for his whole life. Um, And it seems like a happy ending for him, but as an audience member, you kind of know it's not. Um, And that's the movie he freezes to death in his car on purpose
1: all right so uh jujitsu <laughs> is uh um greg listen if this if this seems heavy and abstract it it super fucking is like going into this i went into this completely blind which is the way <laughs> i prefer to watch movies and i didn't know if i was going to be getting Charlie, Charlie Kaufman, I don't know if I was going to be getting an adaptation or a Synecdoche New York kind of thing. And on the scale of movies he's written or directed, this is definitely more towards the Synecdoche side, but I don't hate it. So, I I was more... Oh my god, I don't I don't know how to describe my relationship to this movie, man. Like, I went into it blind. I liked it more than I thought it would. I wanted to know more, but... To quote Shirley Bennett from Community. (laughs) Some of us have work in the morning, Charlie Kaufman.
0: Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, My relationship with this movie is I watched it during the pandemic. It was a really bright spot of something very engaging and uh, intellectually stimulating and emotionally gratifying and even existentially challenging for me in a time that was very unstimulating um to mm-hmm. say the least um i said i watched it during the pandemic like the pandemic's over you all know what i meant uh the pandemic no
1: we're on to world yeah. war three now there we we're go on new... we're on new it's... shit oh,
0: i've been so immersed in my work in this podcast that i've only found out about that from my clients <laughs> like you know there's a That's war too... starting and i was like what <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm stressed I'm... about it
1: i'm on twitter too much so yeah Yeah, let's keep going about this um
0: anyway i i immediately loved it uh vanessa and i had a really you know just really fun discussion about it when it was over and uh then we just did some research some youtube and we're like holy shit we got it right we never get it right we both got it right that's cool um (laughs) when when it's this vague at least when it's like a mystery vanessa always figures it out and i don't um when when it when it's this that sounds about right when it's this vague, we both usually just have our own theories, and then we watch commentary and stuff, and it seems like there's a general consensus, and it's not what we came to. But we got this one right, and uh, I think it's probably more relevant to talk about my relationship with Charlie Kaufman than this movie specifically. Um, I like Charlie Kaufman a lot more than Greg does. I think that's that's obvious.
1: Um, I... Ew, I, I... I don't want to give off the thing that I just that I don't like him that it's so abstract that I just dislike it it's just I don't I'm never in the mood for his thing I watch his movies and I watch this and I'm like what I'm watching is incredibly well made incredibly well thought out and superbly acted like everything I'm seeing on a technical level is incredible and I know there's great ideas here i'm just i don't know that i've ever been in the mood for this thing yeah fair enough like i i just don't see myself having the mindset to just be totally ready to sit down and like all right yeah let's watch this like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm i am never game for this and which <laughs> is regrettable because it is good yeah,
0: well if it's not your thing it's not your thing you know like you don't you don't owe people who like it validation if you if it's not your thing you know like they can validate themselves
1: but the the people that do like this kind of thing i'm just like yeah what you're getting is something incredible mm-hmm. and i'm really happy you're getting this thing i'm really happy, really happy to hear what you're getting out of it but yeah, yeah. it's just yeah uh and so
0: but you you said no pardon. you said is this going to be more synecdoche or adaptation and i i would actually add a different polarity to the spectrum I would well really it's the middle of those two spectrums um, there's a midpoint between synecdoche and adaptation and Charlie Kaufman's uh, work and it is uh, it is uh, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and I would say between eternal sunshine and adaptation you've got being John Malkovich and then between mm-hmm. eternal sunshine and synecdoche you have I'm thinking of ending things
1: uh, totally fair. Um I, I I like that a lot. I think that's the yeah. perfect scale of things. The
0: timeline, the, or the, the the uh number line, there we go, of Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Um there you all go. that goes to say, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite movies ever, and it was my introduction into Art House. You know, like it was probably the first like artsy fartsy thing to use a derogatory term that I that I ever saw. And I lo- farts are not derogatory. True, Sorry, continue. <laughs> and, and I loved it. Um, synecdoche is a little too off the rails for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I felt something I've never felt before when I watched that movie. Um, I annoyed. I would be willing to give it another watch. A couple of years since I watched it first with BFF of the show Chris Boyd. Um, I'd be willing to give it another watch. But I'm not convinced that there was something there, <laughs> you know? Like, and, and what I love about and that, and that's what I don't like about a lot of abstract metaphorical focus on emotion over content movies is that I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I kind of want the story I want for there. I, I, I want it. If I do the work to interpret this, I want to find something. You know, yeah. like, I don't want you yeah. to tell me it's just up to me. I want to be able to. Oh
1: my God. Exactly. Just,
0: I want to be able to find your intention. Um, and for me, I'm thinking of ending things really hits that sweet spot of I'm like, no, I, I was able to follow along. And when I didn't know what was going on, I was at least curious. And if I stuck with it, I would, I, I got the payoff, you know, like I, even when I was very confused, I, I, was still very engaged and by the end of it if you watched the whole thing at least for me it all added up to something meaningful that i could understand and i was able to confirm that on a rewatch you know i was like ah ah uh uh-huh uh-huh yep yep they teed that up they were telling me that just like i thought um so yeah it it was a good good sweet spot for me
1: That's that's something I really just don't like in movies, when it's like, Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Like well, I wanted it to be a movie. Like I didn't I don't wanna have to fill in the blanks myself. I don't wanna have to do fucking work. And I don't think this movie does too entirely much of that. It's right on the edge
0: right on the edge for me of what I'll what I'm good with. It's like
1: it's looking over that cliff, but it's not quite jumping off it's just like you get out of it what you want to get out of it like well i want to be told what to get out of it to like tell tell me your thing and let me feel my way about it don't present me a just a shell of a thing Mm -hmm. and ideas of ideas and expect me to fill in the blanks like i'm just i don't have the mental energy or like that's just not the way my mind works. Well yeah, it's for these kinds of things.
0: It's to go back to to like another example of of a movie that did it right is a mutually agreed upon favorite movie, not number 1 favorite but up there with favorite movies. Mandy
1: um that's a number. i think it's like a number six for me i think is where i had it on my list i've probably got it
0: at four or five i don't remember but fuck that movie i love that movie i want to watch it again um i was listening to uh some of the soundtrack earlier today for fun Um, (laughs) i'm gonna do that i'm gonna
1: cue it up on spotify so i can listen to it tomorrow please continue talking
0: all that goes to say you watch it the first time and you're like What was that weird art shit of her just, like, walking out of a lake and staring at a dead baby deer? Did that really, what was the point of that? And then you watch the whole movie and you're like, ah, there's a strong theme of snuffed out youth in this movie. Um, Mm. And even though that or, like, the the baby Starling story that the character Mandy tells... um, that didn't really have a linear narrative purpose, but it it contributed to a larger theme, and so it's like they weren't just doing weird shit and letting you interpret it, you know, like that there yeah. was something there, and so, but this is right on that line, and again to 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 validate what you said and affirm it, to quote my favorite screenwriting professor Stuart Stuart Kelvin. In his lecture on story structure, when a student challenged him and said, are you implying there's only one way to tell a story? Yeah. Mr. Kelvin, Dr. Kelvin, I have no idea if he's a doctor. i He just went by Stuart Kelvin. But he responded. Stuart. He responded. <laughs> Stu. <laughs> he responded, I'm not saying there's only way to one way to tell a story. I'm just saying you can sit on anything i prefer chairs (laughs) right like
1: yeah i would rather sit on
0: something that was structured and designed for me to sit comfortably on it than sit on a rock
1: which is funny because the last i think you told that you told us about that during our uh, adaptation oh really conversation charlie kaufman
0: you foster that memory in me
1: (laughs) you bring it out of him um I I I think I've talked enough about the negatives of this mm-hmm. and just kind of like the negative feelings I have for this kind of movie. I I do have a lot of positive things to say. Ugh, man, I I'm I'm not sure where to start. I feel like this movie does you know, it, this I felt like I was getting set up for a bad horror movie. This movie does have a lot of elements of kind of like a horror movie but it plays more like a dream yeah or like somebody's imagination of a conversation Mm -hmm. it doesn't play like reality and i do appreciate that because i would have zoned out completely you know if our main actress was just like what the hell this poem that i thought i wrote was actually in a book like what the hell's going on here like if there was moments like that i would have just completely turned off of this mm-hmm. but our actors are just going through this thing like oh they're like making realizations like huh that's weird and just carry on conversations like normal like tony collette and the uh shame wizard from big mouth they're uh a- differing in age from scene to scene yeah we'll see them as 70 year olds and then we'll see them as 45 year olds we'll see them full of life and then we'll see them like just beat down with age Mm -hmm. and barely hanging on struggling to eat which tony collette again tremendous actor she just she kills it in the scene in in her scenes just like through different ages um like i i think about the positives of, of this movie and i can't come up with like a cohesive thought to like tie it all together like jesse plemons
0: she's so good ever since she's so ever so since good. Sing... wait what i just said she's so good you just said her name Je- and i had Jessie? to say
1: she's good yeah jesse plemons who plays the male lead jack
0: who do i think is the females name? <laughs> i thought <laughs> i thought the male lead jake was really named jake in my head who's what's, oh uh, no jesse plemons oh, he's
1: yeah, I, I'm not sure of the actress's name who plays let's, uh, our let's lead. Let's say but her name, Jesse, she ruled. Yeah, uh, Jesse Plemons, who was in Power of the Dog, which is uh, up for some Oscars this year, uh, Game Night. He was also in Judas and the Black Messiah. Hey, wait, Messiah. no, Jesse,
0: I... Jesse Buckley, that's why I got confused. That was, that, ah. was, that was the fun name thing I remember, is that both both the leads are named Jesse. Um, okay, Je- Jesse I, I did that. Okay, I was honestly I was like, genuinely embarrassed, and I was like, no, that's that's understandable confusion. Never that mind, is a yet. completely
1: understandable <laughs> yep. confusion. I'm sorry, I, I didn't want to make Denny look or feel no, dumb. No,
0: I I made like myself that. look and feel dumb. You didn't do anything.
1: Like, which Jesse was I talking about? Yeah. Ooh, pop quiz. Yeah. No, nothing like that. Uh, Plem- Plemons is one of my favorite actors. He's he's absolutely incredible he in this movie, and everything he was in this year, honestly.
0: Dude, his his look... Like, and it's like, that's not something to say anything for his performance, but simply the casting of, um, the look of a person who has had a very mundane external life and a vibrant inner world, a vibrant Mm -hmm. thought life, man, he just looked like the type of guy who would live that way. You know, like it was just, Mm -hmm. just perfect casting for, for both, honestly, for every character, every character in the movie. Perfect casting. Yeah. That.
1: That's kind of his thing, man. He like he he has like these really small eyes kind of it's just yeah. like all of his expression is just through inflection and just kind of, of physical performances that he gives. Yeah. He's he's just very, very versatile, just incredible actor. Yeah. I love him a lot. And what's what's the name of our actress, Jessie? Buckley Buckley Jessie Buckley. Buckley. She yeah.
0: fucking rocked in this. Holy shit, she was good
1: there's like a couple moments where like reality is starting to break down in the story Mm -hmm. we're kind of realizing that what we're seeing isn't real and her performance kind of reflects that she starts talking out of the side of her mouth and kind of doing like a transatlantic accent kind of thing like she starts changing things up in her performance well that's
0: because she is like we basically find out buried in a lot of high-minded rambling dialogue for what it's worth uh criti- mm-hmm. criticism where criticism is fair a lot of really pretentious high-minded dialogue because the main character was a pretentious high-minded person who kind of thought he was above it despite having no reason to justify that um mm-hmm. <laughs> and externally but um, um the reason she keeps changing it up is because near the end of the movie she calls him out and is basically like you saw me in a bar one time like 40 years ago and you never spoke to me you don't know anything about me like that's she's just the this character exists from the reference point of jake like there 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 is no lucy that she's and as he starts as he starts realizing like the implication is that This is an ideal girlfriend that he based off a woman he thought was attractive in a bar like 40 years ago. And Mm -hmm. he's just been in the fantasy catacombs of of his life with her. And as he's starting to realize she's not real, or not realize, but like really starting to accept that he's very disappointed with his life, she becomes more and more inconsistent because... He's parting with this comforting fantasy he's had for so long and realizing it's yeah. just a fantasy.
1: The false perception can only take you so far. Like, once you get the, the visual in your head of who the person is, you can carry that for a little while. But then when you start, like, living through this fantasy in your head, you only can give this person what you know. And that sort of starts to break down yeah. the the longer this fantasy goes on because there's no substance to what she was given in the first yeah. place. And something that was pointed out, I did watch the like the first three minutes of the Your Movie Sucks, uh that YouTube channel. Oh, he his, made one. His, Shit. Yeah, he does like a twenty five minute like analysis I wanna, of it. I, I watched like see the that. first I watched like the first three minutes just to get like a brief like what did he think is there something i kind of miss he kind of gave like an overall synopsis of what was really going on and you know the we do see the janitor at one point is watching a movie in one of the classrooms after school is yeah. out and the actress in that movie uh eventually Jesse Buckley is replaced by that actress mm-hmm. in one of the later scenes, yep. and it's something I didn't realize because the movie's extremely dark, so i didn't i yeah, didn't see just her.
0: real quick she jumps to her and jumps right back
1: but he 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 pointed that out, and it's just like okay, like the substance of this fantasy woman some of those gaps are starting to get filled in by other women, and ah, oh, it's incredibly interesting like yeah. this is.
0: Well, and there's there's something so cool about it to me that, like, you see this male fantasy of a woman become self-aware, and if Mm -hmm. that ever happened, as soon as she became self-aware, the first thing she would say to the male who fantasized her would be, by the way, fuck you, you don't understand women, and you don't understand me. (laughs) Right? Like, Mm -hmm. that was such a cool (laughs) call-out. You (laughs) know? Like, it was awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, like I I don't I I want to give a lot of my positives on this, but I just feel like I'm rambling. Honestly, like it's that
0: didn't stop Charlie Kaufman from. There. Yeah, listen, <laughs> you you have every right to ramble, my friend.
1: This this movie does ramble. There's a lot of words, and kind of realizing that all of those words aren't strictly important mm-hmm. do kind of. S- s- throw a well, little shade on the experience at, at but, one point like,
0: they tell you that because like they're talking in the car and then they just cut to an exterior shot from from outside the car and just kind of muffle the dialogue is a way of like telling the audience like hey this is just a bunch of pretentious bullshit and most of it doesn't really matter <laughs> like, these are just words. you don't you don't yeah, really yeah. need to hear what they're saying if if you're really trying to catch it don't worry too much about it it's kind of the message i got from it like it's all just a bunch of bullshit, and that's kind of the point, right? This yeah. man spent his I, life bullshitting in his own head, and now he's I,
1: realizing that. I don't ever want to say that, like, Charlie Kaufman is, like, pretentious mm-hmm. or anything like that. I feel like I would be pretentious if I said I knew exactly what the hell was going on here.
0: Yeah. It like, well, part it's, of the intention.
1: But I've, but I've only seen it once, and you know now that i kind of understand i'm i'm a little more curious about it and i kind of want to watch it again and it's just not yeah it, it'll happen later it's it's not just these verbal clues and you know characters changing or shifting or revealing themselves like now that i kind of understand it there's a ton of visual clues going on as well Um one thing i did want to mention is this movie does have like a tighter aspect ratio mm-hmm. so it's only like I, I don't know the exact ones. it's like it's not widescreen it it would fit on your old tube tv basically oh, i didn't
0: notice that and that's uh that's how he watches tv in his home in the morning
1: oh shit yeah there we go mm. very nice that's probably that's probably why i never thought about it but yeah like I feel like if this movie was shot in the, you know, the modern 16 by 9, wide frame, fit to fill your screen, like super widescreen kind of, uh kind of movie, then there would just be like too much to look at, but this movie, since it's so like tight and focused and small aspect ratio, you're forced to focus on only a couple of things. And almost every frame, or at least a few frames in almost every scene, offer some visual clue as to what's going on with like reality sort of like seeping into this fantasy. Yeah. And if I feel like if this movie was out in the widescreen, I would be trying too hard to look absolutely everywhere to try to catch all the little nuance and all the little details. Yeah. So I'm glad this movie exists in such a tight frame because this is all you need to focus yeah. on
0: well they they, they spend there's there's it, enough for me to think about they spend yeah. most of it in a vast lightless purgatory in a blizzard they you know like mm-hmm. they really want you to zone in on these two characters and their relationship and they don't that's dense enough they didn't need to give you much more to look for you know like um i i think what i'd really like what I wanted to make sure I acknowledged in this movie was like I was reading a memoir from a writer over a decade ago. Um god, I'm we're getting old. Um
1: <laughs> Oh, you were reading it over a decade ago. Yeah.
0: Um Yikes. Yeah. Um and uh he he talked about how he caught up with a friend that he hadn't seen in like 5 years. Um and in that 5 years the friend had like gotten married, had a kid, kind of done the picket fence thing, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And the writer walked away kind of judging him and, like, kind of feeling, like, uh, a little self-righteous because he was like, man, I've lived this interesting life and he just did the normie stuff. And then he thought about it a little more and he was like, well, actually, I think I've lived an interesting life because I've had all these interesting ideas. But really... All of that occurred in my head. Um, I wrote very little of them and distributed even fewer of them. I actually spent most of my time sitting around alone and thinking. Um, So actually, his life is infinitely more interesting than mine because his actually happened. And that just really stuck with me. You know, like that he was like, I thought I was so wise and creative and living a cool life because i had all these ideas but dude that guy got married and had children he's living more of a life than me who the fuck am i to look hmm. down on him you know like and that really really stuck with me you know like that really just like hit me in my core um as someone who has uh, been a active willful participant in years upon years of problematic daydreaming and just fantasizing about who i wanted to be because i wasn't happy with who i actually was boy did this movie hit me (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. oh man it's a cautionary tale and uh, honestly it's a tale of uh who i might have been if i didn't encounter the right relationships you know who i might have been if i didn't do my work uh it hit me hard man it hit me hard and i think it's a beautiful story and uh yeah man i i do think my main critique is i think when he sang that song from oklahoma it went slightly too long and i might have given it a perfect score without that how about that world how about that planet earth watching a man part with his fantasies way too late how about that how about how, how about that? You got anything else? I don't know, man. Uh yeah, I feel
1: like I took a lot of notes here, but I think we kind of covered everything. Um a lot of this was just me writing out my thoughts while I watched it, trying to understand what exactly it was I was watching. Um But yeah, now that I do know more or less what was going on with I I I knew from the get-go based on like a few visual clues from the beginning of the movie that Jesse Plemons character Jake was the janitor that we were kind of following that that wasn't that
0: that was pretty telegraphed I thought you know
1: yeah like they they didn't really keep that too well hidden it's just like they're the same kind they are the same person in a sense but why are we seeing both of their stories that was a little harder for me to catch on catch up on It's just the way that I watch movies, it didn't really play to, (laughs) I wouldn't say my strengths, but like, I don't want to say there's one way to make a movie, but this is a way to make a movie that maybe doesn't alienate me, but does require a little bit of hand-holding for me, which sucks because, you know, I prefer to go in completely blind to something. And I think the best way to under, to enjoy this movie is to understand what's going on. And that that might require a second viewing. I think that does second or third time watching it. I, sh- I just don't know when I'm ever going to get around to that, mm-hmm. which is a real shame, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, you want to do some gimmicks here? I'm
0: down with gimmicks. Let's do gimmicks. What is, uh, what is your favorite Netflix and chill moment?
1: Uh, my favorite Netflix and chill moment is when the shame wizard says... Uh, his mother and I are an old-fashioned about that kind of thing, fucking and whatnot.
0: <laughs> Greg, I've got to Implying say... Implying
1: they can stay in the bed together.
0: It occurred to me as I was watching this that this may have been Charlie Kaufman's entire inspiration for making his Netflix original movie. Is there a more literal definition of Netflix and chill... Than wasting your life watching too many movies and then freezing to death. (laughs) Alternate title for the movie, Netflix and chill. (laughs) To the point that I almost think Charlie Kaufman did that whole movie as a bit.
1: (laughs) Netflix and burr. I like it. Um,
0: What's your favorite line?
1: Uh, My favorite line is towards the beginning When they're on their way to the farmhouse Where Jake says We're talking about uh, old poets And Jake says You get your words worth with words worth (sighs) That's great Fucking terrific Uh, There's a lot, a lot, a lot of dialogue
0: And a lot of lines I could have picked But I got a smile out of me Mine is uh, not a spoken line But a line of text Directed by Robert Zemeckis um, yeah, <laughs> which I, yeah, that movie. I happen to know was done with Robert Zemeckis's approval. Um, they uh, they they just had it as a placeholder, um, and they showed it to him, and he thought it was hilarious um, that they're like Aww. that they're uh that their archetype of like an unrealistic fantasy movie for a lonely person to pretend is reality was directed by him and he was like yeah i give you my permission leave it i love this um, <laughs> Dude, bob, bob rocks yep. that fucking rules yep. that's so that's, cool that's awesome um i i did get a chuckle out of that too I was so just out of nowhere like out of nowhere hilarious and they superimpose it on the whole screen like the movie just ended in the middle of it and <laughs> they're giving the credits um so yeah, yeah. uh what, what's your what's uh, before we get into critical scores something we forgot to acknowledge um dude should come as no surprise but tony collette fucking crushed it her performance was just one of one of her best I, in a career of fantastic I, performances
1: I touched on it briefly, but I don't think we talked about it enough. Yeah. She fucking rules. In She's everything. so good in this movie.
0: Especially in this, but in everything she does. Tony Collette is so es- fucking good.
1: Especially in this, but... Or, like... just Whatever. Yeah, exactly what you said. I already forgot what it was. Easily uh,
0: just quietly became one of my all-time favorite performers without me even realizing it. And by the time I realized it, I was like, oh easily in the top five like she's amazing anyway let's do let's do critical scores uh
1: yeah kind of like i was summarizing my feelings a little bit earlier i think that watching this a second third maybe fourth time will make me appreciate it more i do like what i'm seeing i do acknowledge like just how good this is but uh... I don't know, man, but, but I can't really give it a higher score. It's 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 weird that I know I will give this a higher score if I watch it again. Sure,
0: then watch it again but and give it a higher score. But this is your score for today, right?
1: Yeah, my score for today is a thirty out of forty. Cool,
0: cool. Um, you know, I gave it a uh, I gave it a forty-eight out of fifty, um, I, and I was damn, I was really close to giving it a fifty. Um, but there's first of all a rule that If you're not 100% sure it's a 50 Then it's not um, If there's if there's uh-huh. even a sliver of doubt Then it's not um, My reasons why I like it more Than most abstract movies is like I enjoy David Lynch movies And I'll have an emotional Experience that I felt Was satisfactory But have no idea what the fuck was going on And then I'll watch a YouTube video And I'm like that's what I was feeling you know, like that, That's maybe the front of my brain didn't understand it, but the back of my brain did, you know, like, and I, and I yeah. can piece it together cognitively. Um, this one, I felt like I followed along pretty well the whole way through the movie. Uh, the only reason I didn't give it a 49 was cause I gave eternal sunshine of the spotless mind a 49. Um, and mm. I, uh, I, I think that that one edges it out by one point by being just a little more accessible. Um, and accessibility is a good thing. um, i thought this was uh a little a little too it was it was just a little more synecticky than eternal sunshine and i gave eternal sunshine a, a one point advantage because i i that's more that's more my sweet spot than synecdoche right
1: um yeah right in the right in the middle of that spectrum you're talking yep. about i think that's that's a great spot yep. to be at
0: so, still an incredibly high rating for an incredibly wonderful movie that I love the living shit out of. Like, crazy about it. Love that movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Can't wait to raise my score, man.
0: <gasps> you will. You'll get there. You'll yeah. get there. I'll get You'll there. You'll get
1: there. A- Until then, it'll go back on my list.
0: <laughs> if you pick it again for the next Netflix watch list, I <laughs> think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm picking it again just so you raise your score. That'll be my pick. next. You can't Netflix fucking episode. stop me. <laughs> How about every time we do this theme, uh, we have to watch I'm Thinking of Ending Things. There you go. (laughs) Until we hate it. (laughs) I'm Thinking of Ending This Theme. Too bad! Let us orient ourselves as we prepare to enter the holy temple of the corporeal deity that currently embodies the vessel of the actor known as Nicolas Cage.
1: This requires deep breaths.
0: Would you like a guided imagery? I'll, I'll lead you in a guided imagery. Please. All right, Greg, just take a deep breath, okay, buddy? <sighs> Listeners at home, breathe with me and Greg, okay? Greg, mm-hmm. I want you to pay attention to your five senses, okay? Okay. Put your feet on the ground flat yep. just keep breathing. Yep. And if at any yep. point in this process you feel that your mind wants to wander allow it to let it do what it needs to do and then return to focusing on your breath okay just imagine those stray thoughts passing you like a train while you're standing there watching okay I want you to think about the sounds you can hear in the room just imagine them approaching you okay the sounds are coming to you The way your back feels on the chair, the way your legs feel on the seat, the way your feet feel on the floor. And when you feel ready, close your eyes. Check in with yourself internally. Just quickly scan your body from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes. Notice internal and external sensations. Just imagine yourself breathing into those areas and simply acknowledging them. When you reach the tips of your toes I want you to imagine that your feet start walking. Forward down a grassy path. You look up into the sky and you see that it is starry. It's twilight, and the sun has almost set. With every breath you take, the sky grows a little less colorful, but increasingly starry. You look straight up, and all you see is stars. You notice your feet leave the ground as your body begins to float. You go closer to the stars. See what it's like to fly higher, to set yourself free, to pursue this energy and this peace. As you go higher and higher, facing the stars, out of the cosmos, you see the face of a man with a receding hairline and a red Rambo headband. And he says to you, seamless edit
1: (laughs) Uh, welcome back to art everybody (laughs) jeez I'm not gonna lie like I've never I don't think I've been through guided meditation or anything like that but that shit was starting to
0: work I know and I dude wait till I get going (laughs) if you ever want to do it for real like that was that was a mere demo oh my god can we can we do that well uh before we watch a
1: nicholas cage movie oh my like god yes
0: one? yes we can
1: um ladies and gentlemen the time has come the moment has arrived um we've trained in the art of bullshit and we are here to finally practice our skills don't
0: criticize my expressive arts intervention. and watch <laughs> they're evidence-based greg <laughs>
1: jujitsu they're
0: evidence-based
1: the best news of this whole podcast is baby jujitsu is on netflix
0: Uh, (sighs) i would offer to summarize it but i want to lead by saying i understood this movie less than i'm thinking of ending things and the two buster scruggs shorts i didn't pay attention to combined it's it's all on you greg it's all on you boy we're all counting Um, on you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I want
1: to get. I want to give my relationship to this movie because I think you and I have a very similar one. Uh, if you want to add with yours, please go ahead. But uh, my relationship with this movie is uh, my friend Elliot, uh, friend of the show, Elliot Petty, sent me a link and to a trailer on YouTube. And again, as I've said before, I usually don't watch trailers unless. It is a movie that is going to be a piece of shit, and I know it. Or it is the next Nicolas Cage movie that is very similar to this. And it was one of those trailers. (laughs) I watched this trailer. I got excited. It's got martial arts. It's got an alien invasion. It's got super corny bullshit. I am on board. It's got production companies I've never fucking heard of. I am... Sold on this movie. It came out. I never got around to seeing it. And while we were preparing for this episode, I realized that Jujitsu was indeed on Netflix. Stop the presses. Give it to the audience to vote on. And buddy, the audience picked correctly. What what did you bump? What did you bump?
0: You'd already stated your picks. I,
1: my my picks were Phantom Thread, which uh, apparently is too boring. and um stowaway starring tony collette hey, also about phantom thread I'll, I'll
0: answer your your shirley bennett quote and say damn daniel day lewis some of us had work earlier today <laughs> we want to <laughs> we want to fucking thomas. do something fun
1: <laughs> damn paul thomas anderson this subject matter doesn't make any sense to me uh um, you liquor, yeah. pizza I hardly know her-ish pizza. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, Will Reno definitely
0: but, thought the title of that movie was sexual. But. <laughs> but my third
1: pick to make the audience poll was The King with Tim Cham and Robert Pattinson and some other people. I wasn't really in the mood for medieval drama, but I wanted to put it on there because it's in, it's been on my Netflix list for a while and then I discovered, of course, that Jujitsu was on Netflix. And buddy, life itself changed. We're here. I watched it. And I believe I watched this movie the way it was intended to be watched. Getting... Uh, I was just going in blind. Having a good time. Getting progressively more drunk as the movie went on.
0: <laughs> should I, should so I get my I, relationship I don't... or are you going to summarize it?
1: I d I don't remember the last twenty minutes Me of this neither.
0: movie. Me neither. Me <laughs> neither. Yay! <laughs>
1: Fuck the summary! <laughs> Fuck the format! No summary! Um It's a martial arts movie with an alien starting starring yeah. Nicolas Cage. There's your summary. <laughs> so Woo! I'll, go watch it.
0: I'll I'll go give I'll give my relationship with the movie. I had no idea it, it existed, which you know when even when you uh I wouldn't even say I'm a Nicolas Cage fan, I'd say he's my higher power. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that that's a joke anymore, um, <laughs> but um, it's not uncommon when a man makes so many fucking movies for even someone as dedicated as me to have never heard of some of his work. Um, you <laughs> you sent a picture of it to me on your Netflix suggestions, and I'd never heard of it, and I was like, <laughs> it's got Nicholas Cage in it, and it's just called Jiu-Jitsu yep mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm in and so that's all
1: you needed you did not ask a single question I, I, after i sent you that picture
0: no, what, what? this is not a movie because for people who ask questions if you're asking God questions it, right. i save it for i'm thinking of ending things all right <laughs> ask your questions there that's not what this is for um
1: exactly. so I was, um, I was i was
0: i wanted to know nothing And I I pitched it to Vanessa, and she wanted to know a little something. And I was like... And you came out knowing less. Exactly. (laughs) I was like, I won't watch a trailer, but I will read you the first line of the summary. So I read it to her, and I was like, oh, there's aliens. That's all we needed to know. Um, (laughs) So I I went and watched it with... uh, Vanessa ended up voting for uh, Buster Scruggs for the night that we we watched a movie together on Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went and watched it with uh, a friend of the show... Matt Lancaster, and producer of this weekend's shooting for a Fright 90 short, You're Never Going to Get Better, written and co-directed by friend with benefits of the show, Denny Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, you texted me that, like, (laughs) Greg texted me, (laughs) No matter how much what think of the amount of alcohol you plan to drink while you watch this movie, and uh, you're going to need a little more than that. And so I, I yeah. immediately texted Matt and was like, "Hey, do you have any whiskey at your house?" And he said, "No," and I said, "Don't worry, you're about to." <laughs> <laughs> bought a bottle of whiskey just for the occasion. Um, <laughs> what the Dude, fuck I- did I watch?
1: it was another thing of like i broke the rules by talking to denny about the movie but honestly all i said was if you think you're drunk enough for this movie drink more in in so many words because holy shit dude this is a fucking mess and a half this is something special this is like You know, there's a a recent Red Letter media video on YouTube that's basically talking about, like, the Bruce Willis straight-to-YouTube, almost, streaming service bullshit you never heard of. Just like these movies that these aging action stars will do just to earn an extra buck. And then they're, like, barely in it. They're not really doing any action or anything like that. But they're in the movie, and the selling point of that movie is that actor's name. Nicholas Cage is doing that, sort of, where he's in these weird, like, action films that are filmed, you know, maybe, maybe they're made overseas, or they're from production companies that are just kind of getting started up. But the difference is, he's in them, and he is a 100,000% in on it. He's in this shit. He's wanting to give his all. He's not just there to collect a paycheck. And that's what makes him so hey, special.
0: Anyone who's worked with him will tell you, hardest working actor in Hollywood. And that's not a joke. Like, he takes everything he does very seriously. But Greg, it's it's funny you should, you should mention Bruce Willis specifically. Because... Ah, it, he
1: was the focus of that Red Letter Media video. Well, it's a good well, one. Well,
0: Greg, while I was watching this friend of the show matt lancaster pulled the imdb trivia uh-huh guess who was originally cast for nicholas cage's role oh bruce wills would have made this a piece of shit and guess man. who inexplicably stopped communicating with the filmmakers after agreeing to do the movie
1: I'm going to guess that it was Bruce Willis because he forgot
0: due to old age. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was Bruce Willis because someone sent him a script and was like, do you like it? And he never read it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a great script. And then they were like, cool, Bruce Willis likes your movie. He wants to do it. And they're like, cool, so Bruce Willis is cast. Um, and then... that he was never cast. That's my personal theory. I have a few other IMDb trivia notes from a friend of the show, Matt Lancaster. Um, Thank you, Matt. So...
1: (laughs) What a filmmaker, Matt.
0: Nick Cage was paid $5 million to be part of the first three days of shooting of a six-week shoot. Now, I heard that, and I thought... (laughs) That he's probably barely in this. He blew
1: the whole budget?
0: <laughs> he's probably barely in this. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, what the fuck did they do with the rest of the six weeks? Because, it's like, they most of this movie is very Nick Cagey. Um, what the fuck were they doing taking their sweet-ass time with the scenes he wasn't in? Um, a few other cool notes about this movie. Despite its title, Greg... There is no jujitsu in this movie. I knew it. Never at any point it. in this movie is any form of jujitsu performed. According to IMDb Trivia, I don't know. I, don't, I am not familiar enough with different variations and different disciplines of martial arts to confirm that. But mm-hmm. IMDb Trivia has lied to me before. And they've told me stupid shit that wasn't a lie, such as in Toy Story 2, it's a trivia point that Jesse's hair is red, and she wears a red hat, and Woody's hair is brown, and he wears a brown hat. Someone felt the fucking need to publish that on the internet. Um, Get over yourself, fucking loser. Yeah. Um, And then... uh, Give me my jujitsu trivia. A few other things. So Mm -hmm. Matt and I were debating uh, whether the villain was a Predator ripoff or a Prometheus ripoff, and the answer was both. We found out that it was inspired by a napkin doodle by Nicolas Cage that the filmmakers thought was really cool. Um, And finally, Nick Cage chose as his main inspiration for this movie and his costume and his performance... He watched Rambo the night before the shoot, and so he tied a fucking red bandana around his head. And that was the motivation for the choice, was that he watched Rambo the night before. (laughs) Everything
1: you're saying makes so much damn sense. Now that
0: this has been established, let's fucking talk about this movie.
1: (laughs) Alright, let's talk about this movie, Oh my god. Boy do I have notes, um... I don't,
0: <laughs> so I'm I glad do. you do, cause I'm just gonna fucking riff.
1: I was excited to see Tony Jaw in this movie. Who the fuck is Tony uh, Jaw? He is Ong Bak, Thai warrior. He's in a lot of action movies from Thailand, um, he's, he's great, he's old school martial arts
0: actor. On that note i my wife kind of wasted on this movie. <laughs> my wife grew up in Thailand, and her family uh uh spent a lot of time helping uh Burmese refugees uh find safe passage and establish a new life and I was very, very upset that she did not watch it with me so that she could point out everything that was inaccurate about it because
1: this movie's this movie's set in burma i think right yes
0: burma or myanmar apparently uh from what i've absorbed through osmosis through vanessa actually knowing world geography and world politics which i have already established i didn't know a fucking war started earlier this week um uh um uh, there apparently it's a it's a fairly unstable nation and there's a lot of other fairly frequent regime changes um hence uh refugees needing help well and i guarantee it was not treated incredibly respectfully i i was about to say this movie probably
1: <laughs> it, sh- it didn't care about all that shit it's just like what's an asian country
0: aha <laughs> here we go They didn't even know what country it was at the time that they made it. Like, they incorporated dialogue about being unsure if it was uh, Burma or Myanmar. (laughs) Because I guarantee they were like, "Uh, ah, we know it's changed. (laughs) We don't know when.
1: What country does this part of the California desert look like? Yeah. That's that's what the real movie is. They certainly was.
0: couldn't be bothered to Google anything about about the nation they were setting a movie in. I that's that's how I perceived it. This
1: this movie did something pretty special where it uh made the screenwriters for Monster Squad look like geniuses. <laughs> So basically, the alien that we're talking about, a portal opens every six years in a temple and it has to fight the nine best fighters from
0: Earth at the time? This is literally just the lore for Mortal Kombat for anyone curious. It's, it's like not every even... Every six
1: years is it's it's way too Literally
0: frequent, fucking Shao Kahn, and he does it like once a century or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, Monster Squad was once every hundred years, and then this one was every six years. You're like, this is way too frequent for this kind of
0: movie. Uh, do people notice the goddamn body count of invisible heat vision alien deaths? And do they think Predator is real? Because I guarantee they won't blame it on this movie. <laughs> oh, man. So this movie tries, it's something
1: I appreciate, where it's just like, if a movie insists that you take it very seriously, it sucks, and I'm never going to take it seriously. But if a movie insists that it's badass, like this movie, I'll realize that it's not, but I'll still have fun with it. Hey, I don't know that I'd say it's
0: not badass. I don't know that I'd say that.
1: This movie, they got a. This is this is a classic case of, we have a guy that is jacked, and he's acrobatic. And then step two is we've made a movie. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> the rest. And they also doesn't put his exact... fucking
0: stunt double in as another character.
1: Well, shush. <laughs> they didn't exactly flesh it out, but like, oh man, what's that? What's the main character's name? Jake?
0: No, that's I'm Jake, thinking of ending. Jack. <laughs> no, that's Jack. That's fuck. What's this guy's name? What do you, What cares? do you say? Three shillings, and we forget the names. <sighs> Who cares? Welcome to Port Royal, Mister Smith. His name is. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mister Smith, he's our jacked actor.
1: That's kind of acrobatic. He doesn't really have much of a story.
0: Neither neither oh does God. the whole movie, so that's kind of fair.
1: And you know, this movie, there's like an alien plot. There's like a guy that's the, our main character is just like he's got amnesia or something. He doesn't remember why he's here, what he set out. Oh, to I do. forgot they he's... also
0: ripped off Born Identity. You're right. Good point. I forgot about. Oh that. yeah.
1: Okay. Allow me to add to my list here, because in my notes, I have all the movies that this movie <laughs> ripped <laughs> off Make sure of. you
0: get Mortal Kombat in there.
1: All right, I'll add Mortal Kombat. Um, this movie, it's something that we talked about in between uh, takes here. Where you you had told me that this movie was straight out of 1994, and I disagreed. But I didn't tell you why. And I'll tell you why. It's because this movie is ripping off every action movie you've seen over the last 12 years. It has John Wick subtitles.
0: Yes, yes it does. Yes it fucking it has does.
1: Born identity memory loss. It has Mortal Kombat story. It has hardcore Henry first person perspective action sequences. It has Quicksilver from X-Men like where the camera is like right in front of the character's face and it looks like it's like strapped to a harness like looking at them. It has Marvel movie like comic book transitions for no reason. It has stalker vision from Predator
0: and and, and, invisibility.
1: Has, and invisibility. And invisibility, yeah, cloaking and like thermal vision from Predator and it has giant wheat fields from gladiator and are
0: are we not even gonna say predator or sorry not predator uh character design from prometheus like that character design from that prometheus? thing looks like the fucking prometheus it, alien would you agree with me on add, that add
1: it to the and, list and, prometheus alien. And,
0: and additionally i think for the character design uh they also ripped off <laughs> eggs I think it looks like a fucking Eight. egg. <laughs> Ted was just an egg, and if we're gonna call that Eggman from Sonic the Hedgehog, um, that's a twenty seventh movie they ripped off.
1: By all means, dude. Uh, man, this this is basically every bad low budget <sighs> <Hold on>. action. <laughs> what Tron? Tron.
0: They also ripped off yeah, uh, a... fucking Tron, with just. The, the uh, again, the character design was a mix of Prometheus and Tron—a perfect fifty-fifty, I would say. All right. And uh, he, s- he also stole one of Daft Punk's helmets, like a dick.
1: <laughs> that helmet was such a bad effect. Like every once in a while, you see the alien's face on the helmet, and it's the worst looking. Well, yeah, because it
0: seen. looks like his face is fucking pressed against the glass of the helmet. It looks like the <laughs> helmet's too small, and it's smushing his fucking face. <laughs> I couldn't even afford a fucking helmet that fits God, This t- helmet's too tight Fucking alien-ass predator with ill-fitting clothes
1: <laughs> That's the Alien versus Predator sequel <laughs> Alien-ass predator um, the, I do uh, like our never mind. I like our martial arts action stars Carrying around uh, spray-painted silver PVC pipes as weapons
0: Yes! Yes. That's a thing. Like, I, I was talking to Matt when that happened, and I was like, what are they supposed to be? Like, is that supposed to be PVC pipes? And he was like, I think it's supposed to be metal bars. And I'm like, okay, because it looks like it's actually supposed to be spray-painted PVC pipes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's... <laughs> like, it looks like they want us to know that they painted a PVC pipe fucking silver. <laughs> <Jesus>. There's, like... <laughs> There's like bows and there's like a bow
1: and arrow, there's swords, and then there's literally just PVC pipes spray painted silver. And it's just like you you have to there's no way you expect me to think this is anything but that. It's fucking hilarious. Like, I I do want to get into the cage of it all because He's our, you know, he's our main focus. Is, he's, he's like a deity on this on this podcast, basically. And in life in general. He, he shows up in, like, the first scene of the movie. He's just on a fishing boat wearing a big old fishing hat. He's just hanging out with some guy. That's their teaser. They're like, don't worry, guys. Nicolas Cage is in this movie. Because... It takes until the 39 minute and 45 second mark for him to actually be in the movie once the action starts happening. He shows up late in the game, and the movie is a slog until that point. I was bored out of my mind. I was laughing at the bad visual effects.
0: Do you you, you want to know my only note on this movie? Please. The one note I took other than my favorite line and my gimmick and the IMDb trivia. Oh, sorry. No, I took another one, which was, it's the only movie that gives you fucking instant replay. It's like the ref was fucking disputing the call. Um, But no, I, uh, one of the only notes I took was, I did not call Nick Cage saving this Predator ripoff with a paper hat that I actually know how to make. (laughs) I was just like, and I'm back. Let's go. (laughs) We're here. Nick Cage this, Nick Cage showed up with his working boots on for this. Like, he absolutely put his working boots on for this movie. You gotta give him that.
1: A hundred percent. Like, th- this is my main thought on this whole movie. That it is a gigantic piece of shit for every second that Nicolas Cage isn't in, in the movie. I
0: would say even more than a piece of shit. Like, it's not like Waterworld where it's actively bad. It's just like... White noise, just just completely yeah, forgettable just, nothing unless Nick Cage is on screen.
1: There is nothing happening, not even on screen. Like, even the, the parts of the movie where he's not necessarily on screen, but he's, like, still in the story. Yeah. L- like, you're just like, this is just a better movie. And then, hey, guys, I'm going to spoil jujitsu for you. Nicolas Cage fights the alien... But he doesn't win the fight. Tragically, Nicolas Cage dies at the 1 hour, 23 minute, and 15 second mark. And then the good part is over. (laughs) Cage is muerto.
0: But let me just say, obviously, obviously, Mm -hmm. they didn't think they were making art with this movie, right? Like, that was not the intent. Um, Yeah. I do think that they thought they were making something that would actually be entertaining. and And that's where they missed the mark. I don't think it was like a Sharknado situation. Like it didn't seem like they were going for so bad it's good. But it did seem like they wanted to make something just fun and superficial and kind of cool. You know, like that's that's kind of the vibe I got. Um, here's the thing. Say what you want about Nick Cage's unique approach to performance. Say what you want. Mm-hmm. Believe me. Anything you think I've already thought and seen dissected on YouTube videos about Nick Cage's performance and the enigma that it is. You are out of your mind if you didn't think he showed up and just ran circles around every other person who worked on this movie. And then did jumping jacks while they tried to catch their breath to demonstrate his cardio. Like, he was just outclassing everyone at what they were trying to do, while being unbelievably silly, and I guarantee not saying a single word of written dialogue. Like, that man was just riffing, just, 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 just just saying shit that he thinks the character might say. And if, like, if you want to say it's not your cup of tea or you think it's dumb, that's fine. But don't you try to argue with me that this man did not show up like he fucking owned the place and then prove that he was better than this movie that they paid him $5 million to work on for three days. Like, God damn, he's a living legend. God fucking damn, Nicolas Cage is a living legend. It's... That's an interesting
1: point, just saying that he's clearly the most talented and just... He's working harder than anybody else involved with the entire process of this This motherfucker
0: who showed up to cash a check for three days' worth of work to make more money than anyone making or listening to this podcast will ever see in their life for three Mm -hmm. days of fucking around. I guarantee... Whoever wrote this, directed it, produced it, put in the work, they cared. They cared about what they were doing, even if they didn't think it was high art, right? Nick Cage showed up with shit in his pants and his one hand tied behind his back and was like, <laughs> let me show you little fuckers how we do it in Hollywood. You know, like, that's, that's... He just fucking proved that he's the goddamn master And if it's not your cup of tea, then it's not your cup of tea, and I never said it wasn't silly, and I never said it isn't stupid, and I never said it's not egregiously ridiculous. But at what he does, which there is a role for it, and he also does other things, which there is a role for, he can do pig and he can make jujitsu in the same goddamn 12-month period. Don't you fucking tell me he's a hack. Because he's not. He's not. He's not a hack. And he even... You you find Nick Cage interviews and you'll hear him saying, Yeah, dude, I knew what I was doing. People are going to come to the movie because it looks so bad. I'm trying to fucking make money and give them the freak show that they want. I don't think he's like 100% self-aware. But don't tell me he's not like 65% self-aware. You know, like, he's, right. he's a fucking legend, okay? And there's 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 more skill to what he does than anyone gives him credit for. And to everyone who wants to argue with me for this, I challenge you with this. Show up on a film set and give a better performance than Nick Cage gave in jiu You won't, because you can't. So shut the fuck
1: mm-hmm. up. He's 100% the movie saver. And, like... Like I said, like I gave the timestamps, he's in this movie for 43 minutes and 30 no seconds. No way. <laughs> and it is the best, it is the best 43 and minutes and 30 is seconds Is that just
0: continuous, movie. like when we meet him till when he's gone? Not like, that, does that include scenes he's not in? Yeah, I I didn't measure exact
1: screen time. Uh, It is, it is literally like, okay, spoilers guys for Jiu Jitsu. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. I already, I, whoa. I already said it
1: what am i talking about the I
0: audience said it. needs to go into Denny, this Jenny,
1: i already said it i said it like five minutes ago i forgot i said it though My i mind. don't know
0: that i was listening I've... greg and i wow greg and thanks. i both finished our drink and poured another one before we recorded this segment ladies and gentlemen yeah um we
1: recorded this podcast like we watch these movies <laughs> oopsie i am gonna
0: have a headache tomorrow let me tell you brother and I don't regret it. What were you gonna spoil, Gregory?
1: Yeah, Cage dies. So like, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, you've already I mean, said like, this. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But like, still, fuck
0: spoiling it.
1: He's alive and like part of the story for forty-three minutes and thirty seconds, and that's it. And that's that's the good part of the movie. That's probably like half of it, and it's honestly the best half. middle the middle segment i
0: will say this i paid attention to nothing before he showed up and paid attention to nothing after he died so literally what i'm what i'm talking about about this movie when i'm reviewing it is the parts that he was in (laughs) so i I don't know what else to tell you i paid
1: too much attention to the parts he wasn't in at the beginning of the movie and then do not remember what happened after he died i i have like immediately after he died i have some snippets that's part of my gimmicks
0: but yeah speaking of gimmicks are you already ready i don't have, dude greg i'm fucking rambling and riffing i took fucking no notes on this movie and i remember very little of it i still got so much of my drink left is the problem yeah um me too and i'm getting too old for this shit (laughs) I, I I I don't know that I need to finish that drink, um, because the the, the consequences Oof. are starting to outweigh the benefits.
1: <laughs> yeah, this might be a sink my, drink.
0: I used to never waste alcohol. Now I waste it all the time. I'm like, no, nah, I've had enough. We can just throw this away.
1: <laughs> there was there was one part that I want to give some love to where um we're like signaling to the temple that we're coming and the uh, the female character she has like a wrist bow and she shoots an arrow and she shoots like a fucking disney movie when you wish upon a star fucking shot across the like over the castle it's a super weird moment it looks like a disney segment i don't know i'm drunk now uh, that makes are one of we doing us gimmicks? wink
0: just kidding i great 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 we're not drunk we're overserved, okay? What 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 kind of monster would overserve an innocent person?
1: <laughs> I overserved myself tonight, if that's what you're getting at.
0: Greg, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh-huh. We could get into gimmicks or we could talk for another hour about Nicolas Cage. I have no preference. If it's another hour, you have to let me go pee. Yeah,
1: definitely definitely not another hour. We're not going that long. That's what she said. Um, That's right. (laughs) Like, just in summation of this whole movie, I guess, man. it's. I'm not mad at it. I feel like it knows what it is, but at the same time, the parts where Nicolas Cage is not in it, I feel like they don't realize what it is. Like I think they, Nicolas they really... Cage
0: is literally the one person involved in this production who realized what it is.
1: Yeah, he's the only one that knew what was going on.
0: And it's. And when he does, he leans in. It's painfully it. evident. Dude, that's the thing. <laughs> he knows that he can be a dramatic act- actor when he's in the fucking mood for it. Um, and he also knows that mostly what people want to see him do is just ridiculous, mostly. unhinged shit. And that's what he's being paid for. So he shows up and he does it, and he does it well. Right? Like, that's why he's getting mm-hmm. a paycheck. People want to see the shit show. And everyone else took it way too seriously, and Nick Cage understood that it was a stupid shit show and treated it as such. And had, and uh, let me say this. Nick Cage was the only performer in this movie who seemed like he was having any sort of fun with it. And if you're going to blatantly mm-hmm. rip off this many well-known and popular movies... For the love of fucking God, fuck around and have some fun while you do it. Nick Cage is the only one who seemed like he enjoyed it and didn't just have his serious face on. Because that's insulting to the audience to take it seriously. Right? Like, it's think, insulting! Th- it's
1: insulting! That's the main difference. It's just like, nobody's having fun except for mm-hmm. him. like Including me, just...
0: unless he was having fun.
1: Then I started like, exactly. having more fun. 43 and a half minutes, I'm having fun. There were moments, like, a couple of moments where I was laughing at the movie. But then he comes on, and he comes alive. And I'm just, like, laughing with the mm-hmm. movie. It was... It felt different. There was a shift, man. And then they turned it back off. And then I don't know what happened at the end. And <laughs> it's just... Like, just... You can't deny...
0: He just have some self-awareness it's not wrong it's not wrong to say openly i'm making a dumb action movie because it's fun because dumb action movies are fun have you seen the running man it's fun it's okay we just talked about i'm thinking of ending things And I gave it a 48 out of 50 and talked about how wonderful and significant the symbolism was to my life. How much fun did you have? I would not describe that as a fun movie. And I would say the base level function of a movie is to entertain you. And this is why I rated The Ballad of Buster Scruggs so low, even though it is so well made. Because... I got very powerfully bored and if you have not entertained me you have not done the foundational fundamental purpose of a movie and you will never reach the higher levels of a movie which is making me think about life and giving me a reference point to pull from when I encounter challenges if you want to do that you must first establish a foundation of entertainment i didn't watch your movie Jitsu starring nicholas cage on netflix because i was feeling so fucking reflective and serious come on at least in the 80s and 90s fucking Jean claude van damme and his producers knew what they were doing and leaned into it you watch those movies back and some people are like, "Can you believe they used to think this was serious?" And I'm like, "Bitch, they never fucking thought this was serious." They knew they were making a bullshit, silly, dumb, trope-filled action movie, and you're the one who takes it seriously, so you're the fucking mark, not them. Dude. What well, what's what's worse?
1: And action movie that refuses to have fun true lies or a drama that demands you take it more seriously than you could possibly ever give it to green
0: action movie that refuses to have fun every time because an action movie by definition its primary (laughs) function is fun it's an action movie like I like action movies. They're fun. I like to have fun when I watch them. And I'm a pretentious fucking film nerd with a goddamn film degree and a fucking film podcast. And I'm like, just give me a fun action movie. I enjoy it.
1: This is what's weird about this one, though, because all the times that Cage isn't part of the movie, they're giving us action. Yeah. They're giving us action sequences. It's not Dude, like they're I've just it. waxing poetic and trying to like build a story. They're it. giving us, like, shit. Yeah, that's, I get, is that, the, like, the main issue? The it's world just like has it's seen shit it. That, seen doesn't, that doesn't
0: blow our minds anymore. You've clearly seen John Wick, and I don't think you thought we wouldn't notice. That's a John Wick thing. It's not an action movie trope. It's a John Wick thing. You're clearly pulling from action movies that you liked, and, like, dude, I've seen it. I've seen it done before. I've seen it done better. Stop taking yourself so fucking seriously. Just just, just relax. Have a good time. Lean into it. Stop insulting me. I have a perfectly good 20 hours a week of fresh content of professional wrestling to watch when I want seriously dramatized action. <laughs> like, there you go. I, I, I don't need more. Um I just I don't get it. I don't get this I hate to bring it back to this, Greg. I hate to bring it back to this. In this post nine eleven world
1: <laughs> Oh boy.
0: <laughs> we just we just always makes just everything has to be gritty, you know? And not everything can be a hockey mascot, people. Alright? Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Not everything can be a hockey mask. (laughs) (laughs) Am I still talking? How long have I been talking for? Uh, Entirely too long. You ready to close it out here? That's kind of my gimmick. Denny Talks Too Long Taylor. That's my new name.
1: Yo uh denny what is your favorite and chill moment for jujitsu
0: do you remember when that one like nameless protagonist just randomly started making out with that nameless blonde chick that had the real ripley haircut what <laughs> 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 they <just fucking> t- <laughs> okay i we've we've got the same one <laughs> i very clearly wasn't paying close attention did they establish any sort of romantic chemistry okay. before they okay. made
1: out I want to say something. I want to establish why this is significant. If you... I'll give a very weird whiplash warning here and say this movie has a turn of events that is entirely shocking and fucking hilarious. And you should watch this movie because it's very funny the way they reveal this but if you don't care about that go ahead and stick around if you do care about having the joke ruined skip ahead a couple minutes Nicolas Cage is the main character's dad and they just fucking throw it in there after Cage dies the female lead is basically like oh by the way he was your dad I
0: don't even remember it, I didn't catch it
1: Yeah, it was very- because they say it, and he's like, Oh man, that's crazy, and then they make out, and that's the scene that we both
0: picked. I, like, looked up from talking to Matt, and saw them making out, and was like, what the fuck?
1: What happened in the five seconds you were looking away away was the biggest story reveal in the whole movie.
0: That didn't have any, like, significance, correct?
1: I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Oh, man. And so, yeah, my favorite and moment in quotes here I have. Cage was my dad, but he is dead now. That is sad. Time to kiss. <laughs> and they, they kissed.
0: We haven't picked the same one in a while. This is nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice.
1: Uh, you, what's your favorite line for jiu Get off
0: my piano!
1: <laughs> um, that's a good That's one. a really good I one. I like that. I think I'm going to have to use that one because what I have written here is, uh, I didn't get one because it doesn't matter and I forgot. (laughs) Let's go with get off my piano then. (laughs) Let's go with get off my piano. That is the consensus favorite line.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Greg, what's your, what's your, what's your motherfucking Kritiker score for this?
1: Yeah, this, this. God. For how much fun I had, this movie sucks shit. (laughs) Big time, big time, brother. It it is two different movies. It it's 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 such a unique thing where it's two different movies, but not like in two halves.
0: Yeah, not not in like a cool way. The (laughs) middle,
1: the middle forty-five minutes, I'm having an absolute blast, and then the beginning and the end, I don't know what the fuck's going on, and I could not give less of a shit. Watching
0: any of it, other than there was an instant replay and a fucking PVC pipe fight sequence jesus Christ.
1: exactly there's a scene with uh, a bunch of armed soldiers fighting our martial arts heroes and they have guns pointed at them and then they start fighting and all of a sudden the guns are gone fuck it who cares uh i gave this one a 15 out of 40
0: greg we're saying ballpark i gave it a i gave it a fucking 18 out of 50 um which right. is uh yeah, which yeah. is the same rating i gave rise of skywalker but we don't do star wars so <laughs> that's I i don't know if that's a i don't know which of those films that's insulting more but i gave them the same rating um <laughs> um greg before before we get into our big gimmick um what what's your over under on how many times i popped the audio in uh in this in this segment alone over under
1: Oh, uh, editing Greg is gonna begrudgingly find out here in about twelve hours. Um, I'm gonna set it at four.
0: I'm gonna say over three, under ten. So, if you get four, you win um, a, a a gift, a gift from Abby Howe that I've been holding on to for about a month for you because I haven't seen you in person in that time. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, no matter what, Wait. I've got your new microphone. Excuse me. Abby so.
0: Abby Cola Abby Kolasiki, Kolasiki, Kolasiki. Yeah. She got married. There you go. Kind of like Peggy Yay. Sue. That's another great Nick Cage movie we should do one day. Peggy Sue got married.
1: Can we just like do Mandy again?
0: Greg, I was like in the middle of this, I was like, I'm, do you want to just dump our I'm plans for next week and things. just do a Nick Cage episode? But let's 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 save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Um
1: I'm thinking of Mandy things. Oh. Um, I want to watch
0: Mandy. Do you want to just hang out and watch Mandy and not watch any of the movies for next week together and just watch Mandy instead? I'm done with okay, that. Okay, I've got to make a movie this weekend. Let me know what your weeknight plans look like.
1: All right. I'll let you know. Um, Denny, what is the best movie for when you need to clear out your Netflix watch I'm list?
0: thinking of ending things, but honestly, the answer to that was probably uh, Buster Scru- or No, uh, fuck. Fuck Buster Scruggs. Uh, probably uh, Oakjaw, or my name is Dolomite, uh, because I'm thinking of ending things. Was not on my Netflix watch mm-hmm. list. It was on yours. I'd already seen it. So uh, for the purposes of this episode, that's a clear winner. You know what? Fuck it. Jiu-Jitsu. I picked jujitsu. What? I picked jujitsu. No. 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 No.
1: No. 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 Shut the fuck up for a second. If this is on somebody's anybody's Netflix to watch oh, list, oh
0: oh oh, sorry. Uh, it's, it's, if you sorry. put
1: jujitsu on there, it's gonna get watched. I was going I was going like, I was about it, to do a bit not, where
0: I said, "Oh, then definitely jujitsu." <laughs> I'm sticking to my pick. Fuck you! I picked jujitsu. You can't fucking jiu-jitsu. stop me. I picked jujitsu. <laughs> jujitsu
1: was on my list for maybe a week it it didn't live on there i'm thinking of ending things man like it's been on my list since it came out okay
0: why would you why would you pick jujitsu well it never made it to my netflix watch list because i watched it immediately so i picked jujitsu
1: you're so so you're so self-centered like if this is on a netflix to watch list these three movies, plus you know a whole bunch more, you're gonna say like, you know what, you should finally sit down and watch. I'm thinking of ending things. What would you recommend to the audience? You're still gonna say Jujitsu, or are you gonna say I'm thinking of ending things? Finally, get it off your list. Finally, get it around to watching it. You know what? You're still gonna say Jujitsu. Do you want me
0: to make a solid, a solid like explanation for that? Sure. I wouldn't tell most people to watch. I'm thinking of ending things. It's for film nerds.
1: If if somebody put it on their list, then they have some interest in it in the first. Maybe place. Maybe not. Maybe
0: they just heard the hype. They might be disappointed. It would depend on the person.
1: Okay. Well, how many people would put jujitsu on their list and just be like, "I'm oh, just waiting to be in the right mood." Well, moon.
0: democracy says um, the most amount of people, Greg. <sighs> Whatever. The most, the okay. Most we're in. Of people would say jujitsu, and I've got receipts for that. If you'd like to see them, you can check our Instagram at movies for when.
1: Well, I'm thinking of anything wasn't on the poll, so I'm still going with that. You're saying jujitsu, and you're wrong. That's fine. We move I on. I picked jujitsu. That's a dumb the pick. The people have spoken. It's a dumb pick. You know what? If Actually,
0: the people... You were on notice for picking Waterworld. I am officially pronouncing you off notice. Yeah. You're off notice because you picked jiu-jitsu. I'm a,
1: the same people that picked Waterworld. You're going to go with hey, them on that. This. Hey, okay. this
0: is their redemption arc. This is their redemption arc. They were on notice, and officially, your notice has ended. You are off notice. You will be allowed to choose poll options uh, until you fuck it up again.
1: (laughs) There you go, man. All right. Uh, Denny, I have what we're doing next week right here. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you Ready. ready?
0: And by the way, I'd like to say I've had a few I've had a few drinks. I want you to know that I'm more punch drunk off talking about Nicolas Cage than I am actual drunk off alcohol. <laughs> like I I am This this reminds me of a time that I was at a at a at a at a bar. Actually, it wasn't even a bar. It was like a wings restaurant that served beer and also had karaoke. And I had not had a drop of alcohol and I just went up to the karaoke machine and just put my heart and soul into total eclipse of the heart, like screamed, rolled around on the ground, gave it my all. And it didn't occur to me until I finished that I was like, everyone here thinks I'm like wasted off my ass and they should probably worry about how I'm going to get home. (laughs) And I have not had a drop of alcohol tonight. That's just me being the way I am when I get excited about something I like. So have my inhibitions been lowered by a little bit of alcohol? Yes. But I want to I want to say for the record, I'm mostly slap happy off my love for Nicolas Cage.
1: I'm a healthy mix, or uh, more realistically, a very unhealthy <laughs> mix.
0: Anyway, what are we doing next week, Gregory?
1: Next week is movies for when you want to see a sequel that is better than the original. I, um, I'm i going to say we're not going to do like any big movie series is, so i i can't pick like the third or fourth harry potter movie whichever that one that doesn't that
0: if you play
1: that real direct. if you
0: planned it that doesn't count that's not a sequel that's like a trilogy or something you know like if you if yeah, you yeah i
1: want to say like the twin towers no well, dude or something. if you
0: if, by the way hot take fellowship of the ring is the best lord of the rings movie but it is a very good i think one. it's the best yeah, one it is very, i think very it's good. the best one um All that goes to say, um, that the spirit of the next episode is not, did you make the first movie intending to tell a larger story with more, you know, like we're we're talking about, did you make the first movie and mean for it to be a complete meal? And then you had to figure out how to make more of them, you know, like that, that's more what I'm going for here. Yeah, we've got some
1: horror franchises, maybe oh. TBD. Oh, I know
0: what I'm going to pick, Greg. It's it's not it's not something that's high art, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I have don't, to go I don't, with I don't have a pick yet. I'm gonna yet. have to go with Austin go Powers ahead. and Goldmember. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm gonna go with uh that that I started so, typing. I'm sorry, sorry for the half-hearted misdirect. That's another Abed Nadir quote. Um quote. I'm gonna go with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors.
1: Terrific. Uh, I do not have a pick yet, unfortunately. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Lock it in. You
0: made me watch Waterworld last week. I'm not watching Guardians 2 this week.
1: Give me some fucking reprieve.
0: I would never do that to
1: myself or you. Could I make a request?
0: If if we cover Guardians 2, we cannot do it until we've covered Guardians 1 first.
1: Yeah, sure, man. I like that. Uh, that said, I don't know what we're doing for... What I'm picking for next Good week, thing I but, do. Uh,
0: so the audience has a little... Little carrot to chase as we dangle it.
1: I'll I'll dangle it in front of the audience. I'll dangle it I'll in dangle. front of
0: anyone who consents to having me dangle. Before Alright, Daniel. <laughs> it's a carrot. It's a carrot, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be dirty. Denny,
1: I've got a uh, catchphrase that I need to take off my watch list. Can you help me out here?
0: For Greg Work. The Leg Work. Johnson. I'm Jenny, the Talent Taylor. And this has been Movies for When? We already told you when.